like that, you want to try Hello, everybody, that. welcome to this, this like Friday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. I hope you all are having a fantastic week, and I hope you all are excited for another edition of the Logan Blackman Show. I hope you guys are excited for a fun weekend as well. But before we get into what we're going to talk about today, let's go over the housekeeping items first. Make sure you follow the Logan Blackman Show on every single form of social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and of course... Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can find me on Twitter at Logan underscore Blackman. Instagram account is Blackman Logan. The show's Instagram account being the Logan Blackman Show. One, Facebook and YouTube. Search Logan Blackman Show. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel and like and follow the Facebook page. And you can check out blog posts on all different forms of social media. You can go to the LoganBlackmanShow.com and check it out there as well. You can scroll down to the main page. There'll be a link down there. Or you can go to the blog section of the website as well and find one there. We will have a blog post for you today. Let's give ourselves a round of applause. We actually got it done. We actually got it done. Well, I say we got it done. It's not done yet, as I'm sitting here right now, but it will be done at some point (laughs) on May 19th, which is, of course, the day this episode is coming out. The blog post itself is not fully written, but that being said, the, the gist of it is down. I just need to get everything I want in there for it to be officially official, but we will have that for you at some point on Friday. We will talk about it a little bit later in the show. But of course, the main thing here is make sure you follow the Logan Blackman Show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Just search Logan Blackman Show. The only way you know what I'm what I'm saying at this point in time is if you're listening to the show. So you might as well make sure you are subscribed. If you're not subscribed, then subscribe. If you're not sure, then just go and double check. And if you're already subscribed, you know you're subscribed. Leave a rating out of five stars. It could be a one-star rating or a five-star rating. I don't really care. Just as long as you leave a description down below on why you feel the way you do. And yeah, we'll either fix it or we'll keep doing the same thing. It's however you feel, however you feel. Now, today's a fun day. Fridays are always fun. You got to love Fridays. So yesterday, yours truly was going to play a game of basketball. So I've been playing a lot of sports recently. I've been a very, very sporty individual recently. I've been playing a lot of basketball. I've been watching a lot of basketball too. I have watched more basketball this year like in this past few weeks, past month, I would say, that I had the entirety of the regular season. I had barely watched any bat. No, I followed the Chicago Bulls throughout the entirety of the season. But I didn't sit down and watch that many games until the playoffs started. Now, I know enough to hold a conversation with people. I can tell you who's good on the Bulls, who's not good on the Bulls, whether you're looking at stats or you're just watching the game. I can tell you those kind of things. I can tell you there's going to be some changes that are going to need to be made for the Bulls to go on for the draft lottery was the other night so we know where Victor Wambiyama is going to go per se we we said we we think we think this could be a Bo Callahan situation where the Spurs have the number one pick but they're not 100% sold on Victor Wambiyama but the chances are people are touting him as the highest rated prospect of all time now that being said I don't think that's 100% true I don't think that should be I don't think that should be the norm right now because even me at 25 years old and wasn't really watching the NBA back in 2003, or knew a lot about yet or basketball around that time. My focus was solely on football and then baseball. Those were the two things I paid attention to when I was a little kid. And soccer, which is weird that basketball wasn't really in there, but I digress. LeBron James is the greatest prospect of all time. There's no doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. Like, my dad has told me stories about his games on on ESPN in high school. That was, like, the first time that happened. It's kind of normal now. Like, you see a high school basketball game every once in a while on TV, but that wasn't the norm back then. Like, they were following LeBron around like he was a celebrity, and he was. 
They held, he, <laughs> they were crowning him the chosen one before he even stepped foot in the NBA. He gets drafted first overall by the Cleveland Cavaliers and has lived up to every ounce of those expectations. Like, I just saw a thing the other day, Chris Broussard, which we know Chris Broussard, vessel of knowledge, Chris Broussard, vessel of knowledge. This is the same guy that said the Bills would have beaten the Titans two years ago had Taylor Lewan not gotten hurt. Taylor Lewan has never played a snap for the Buffalo Bills. Taylor Lewan got hurt in the game against the Bills, but he played his entire career up to this point with the Titans. Now, he is a free agent, just got released this offseason. But never play for the, so like again, this is the same guy that said Mark Cuban was driving around looking for DeAndre Jordan in Dallas. Like this is a guy then that Kawhi Leonard was definitely not going to the Clippers. This guy again, vessel, absolute unit when it comes to reporting completely accurate stuff. He said on what was that show called? First Things First or something? The show Nick writes on. He said if Wambanyama is has a career similar to that of who who was it? Was it Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant? And Hakeem Olajuwon, it would be a disappointing career. He would be disappointed. He wants him to be up there with LeBron and Jordan and Tim Duncan and all those guys. Now, the Spurs have had some great success in drafting first overall picks. The only other two times they've had that in their history, they just so happen to be the aforementioned Tim Duncan and David Robinson, the Admiral. Two Hall of Famers right there. Two MVPs of the league right there. And now you get in Wambanyama. To the San Antonio Spurs. I saw people commenting going like, this is like the Patriots got the number one overall pick. And get Caleb Williams next year. Who is the presumed number one overall pick for next year's draft. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But Wambanyama, I've never seen him play a game. I've heard a lot about him. I know he's like the seven foot two center power forward hybrid that could shoot the lights out of I saw a highlight where he shot a three, missed it, and then rebounded his own miss, and then dunked it on the same play. On the same play. So I don't want to sit here and act like this dude's not amazing. Like a really good prospect. But let's calm down a little bit. I know we have to hype things up to the nth degree every single year. Because you're trying to build back excitement going into a new season. But man, let's not go and say that this guy's as good of a, or as big of a prospect as LeBron James. Again, my dad has told me times where they'd sit down on ESPN and watch St. Vincent St. Mary's play basketball in high school. Like it's... There are levels to that. There are levels to that. Maybe maybe this draft, because Scoot Henderson, who's another point guard in this draft, plays for a G League team, the G League Ignite or something like that. He's a highly touted prospect. we got Brandon Miller down in Alabama. He's going to be a highly touted prospect. So maybe this draft does similar-ish things to the 2003 NBA draft. We saw LeBron, D. Wade, Chris Bosh, Carmelo, like, and Darko Milicic. Like, you got all these legendary players in the first however many picks. It's like the 1989 draft where you have Troy Aikman, Derek Thomas, Barry Sanders, and Deion Sanders, and then you got Tony Mandrich in there. Like, that's what Darko Milicic is. Now, Darko Milicic did win an MVP, NBA championship in his first year with the Detroit Pistons. He did do that. Now, he was not playing that much on said championship team with the New York with the Detroit Pistons, with a team that had Chauncey Billups, Rip Hamilton, Tayshaun Prince, Rasheed Wallace, Ben Wallace, who Ben Wallace was at the draft lottery the other night. So I had a friend over, Brady, who's been on the show before. We were going to watch the Lakers-Nuggets game, which was right after the draft lottery. Which I'm really excited. I like the matchups that we got going on in the NBA playoffs right now. I like a lot of the stuff that we got going on. I like the Nuggets-Lakers game. Jokic with a 30-20-10 type game. 14 assists. And then you had the Heat coming back against the Celtics last night. Which YouTube TV completely crapped out. And just kept playing the Little Mermaid (laughs) commercial. The entire time. Didn't even see the last four minutes, five minutes of the game. It was awful. 
But it was an exciting game. The Heat came back. They had like a 9-0-12-0 run or something like that. Kevin Love was looking like prime K-Love in that game. Like, it was awesome. Fun game. Jimmy Butler dominant again. Or not dominant, but really good again. Carrying a team far in the play. And it makes me sad. It does make me sad. Not only that Jimmy Butler's not on the Bulls anymore, but that the Bulls were beating the Miami Heat in the play-in game. They were beating the Miami Heat in the play-in game down in Miami. Like, if they didn't completely shut off in the last four minutes, they were the, they were YouTube TV before YouTube TV last night. Like, YouTube TV shut off completely, and we didn't get to see the last four minutes of the Heat-Celtics game. The Bulls, on the other hand, shut off the last four minutes of the game and completely lost against the Miami Heat. Fell apart. I don't know if the Bulls would be making it to this part of the playoffs because if the Bulls beat the Heat, does Giannis still get hurt? It's one of those things like the butterfly effect. How many different, how many things change in this aspect? Do the Boston Celtics come back against the, the 76ers then to win the series there? How many things change? But I like to think of it as the Chicago Bulls would currently be up one nothing on the Celtics right now had they beat the Miami Heat. <laughs> but I love Jimmy Butler, man. I love Jimmy Butler. But on the NBA draft, the NBA draft's fun. It's fun, but the problem with the draft in the NBA is, at least my problem with it, is that once you get past the first 10 picks, I lose all interest. I lose all interest. Like, my when the Bulls were decent, good or decent, in the 2000s, in the 2010s with Derrick Rose, 2010s really, Bulls were picking in the 20s. So I didn't really care about the draft until they got to the Bulls pick. That's usually how I am with other drafts apart from the NFL draft. The NFL draft, obviously, we cover that extensively here on the Logan Blackman show. But, like, I, I just lose all interest in the NBA draft after that point. Like, I remember sitting down and watching the Anthony Edwards, LaMelo Ball, James Wiseman, Patrick Williams draft, Tyrese Halliburton. Like, I watched that entire draft. I couldn't tell you any player past, I think, Tyrese Halliburton off the top of my head. Tyrese Halliburton got drafted, I think, 12th by the Kings. I think 12th or 14th, somewhere around there. And I wanted him to go fourth overall to the Chicago Bulls, and now I wish the Bulls took him, given that Lonzo may never play in the NBA again, that no player has ever come back with the same injury that Lonzo currently has. Awful stuff. But <laughs> the apart from that, the draft lottery is a fun process. Like we already talked about the Chicago Blackhawks winning the draft lottery a few weeks ago, and you got the Spurs winning it last night. You had the Detroit Pistons there. We brought up Ben Wallace. Ben Wallace was there. He was their representative. I always love seeing who these NBA teams have as their quote-unquote representative for these draft lotteries. Well, the Bulls had Dale and Terry there. Like, the, the Pacers had Tyrese Halliburton. Some other teams had their GMs. Some had their coaches. Some had random-ass players. Like, Brandon Roy was with the Trailblazers. I didn't even know Brandon Roy still did anything with the Trailblazers. I don't know what he does at this point. But they ended up getting the third overall pick. But the Pistons, with Ben Wallace sitting there, one of the greatest players in franchise history, number retired, all that stuff, Virginia Union University has showed Brady the intro to the Detroit Pistons back in the day when they had that aforementioned team. Ben Wallace is sitting there, never looks happy. Don't know if he's ever smiled in his life. He's sitting there, and the Detroit Pistons, who won 17 games last year, 17, got the fifth overall pick. The fifth overall pick. This is a completely different NBA than what we have now, than what we did with David Stern, because there were so many blatant times you could see the draft was rigged. Like, so many, like, the LeBron James one. Come on. Kid from Akron, Ohio gets drafted first overall by the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Chicago Bulls have a, what, a 1.8% chance to get the number one overall pick when Derrick Rose is available, just so happens to be from Chicago. Guess who gets the number one overall pick? It just so happens to be the Chicago Bulls. We already know about the New York Knicks thing and the Patrick Ewing deal with the either, A, the dented 
card so he knows which one to pick, or the Frozen card. Those are the two theories I've heard on that New York Knicks one. But I always think that's interesting. Like, we have, like, the New York Knicks, speaking of that, when they didn't get the number one overall pick to get Zion Williamson, that's where it was like, man, if the Knicks didn't get that, to get Zion, to get New York back on the map, per se. Like, R.J. Barrett's fine. He's a, a fine player. He's nothing amazing, but he's fine. He's not Zion. And I, you could say, hey, Zion's barely played in the NBA. So, again, the best, abil- best ability is availability. And Zion's played a whole hell of a lot less games than R.J. Barrett has. But I think peak Zion is a thousand times better than peak R.J. Barrett. No offense to peak R.J. Barrett, but I'm sorry. That draft's so weird. That draft is so odd. You got Zion going first overall is barely played. And then you got <laughs> John Morant with the other the new gun scandal that we've talked about before. And then we got R.J. Barrett going third. Like, it's just a really, like... Really weird time. Really weird. Like, Jalen, R.J. Barrett is the third, would you say third best player on the Knicks? Behind a guy that was drafted in the second round of Jalen Brunson? And then Julius Randle? Like, is that where we're going (laughs) with this? But congratulations to the Spurs on getting the number one overall pick. I I didn't want the Spurs to get that. It didn't, it doesn't bother me because I don't really have a personal vendetta against the Spurs, but... Man, I just want I I was really expecting the Rockets to get it, if I'm being 100% honest here. Because they're going to have a bunch of cap space. They're already talking about James Harden coming back. It's like, oh, they got a new coach. They're going to bring uh, Wambanyama there. I think they got the fourth overall pick or something. And there was some reaction of Wambanyama, like, <laughs> giving a slight fist bump and go like, yeah, when the Rockets got the fourth overall pick. And Jalen Green posted on Twitter, he's like, I, or something along those lines. Or, like, the little scratch thing, like Ryan in the office, like, little write, writing it down. And they're in the same co- same division, so uh, they'll be an interesting matchup. Be a very interesting matchup. But, again, if Wambayama is anywhere as good as what people say he is, then, you know what? <laughs> I don't know if the Rockets will be able to do anything in that situation. Now, there's every chance in the world he becomes another Kristaps Porzingis. But, man... It's exciting times for NBA. Now, the Bulls don't have a first-round pick because of the Nikola Vucevic trade. The Bulls have made some awesome trades that have completely screwed up the future of the franchise. To now, they're going to have to go in like we talked about. You've got to make some big changes this offseason. Every coach is getting fired this offseason. Every freaking one. Doc Rivers just got fired. Nick Nurse got fired. Budenholzer got fired. Monty Williams got fired. Like, there's a... I think... What did they say? The last four coach of the years have all been fired or something like that? It's an insane number of coaches getting fired this offseason. And Billy Donovan's never been fired, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Bulls should be fine next year. I mean, they're they're talking about saying they're going to build the whole franchise around Zach Levine, which is what I thought they were originally going to do. But then they went down this whole rabbit hole of not wanting to play defense <laughs> at any point in time. So, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Now, they could use someone like me. They could really use someone like me. Like, I was bawling out last night. Not really. Not really. But I made a... So, I <laughs> I got a rebound. Or was it a rebound or pass? I can't remember. But either way, I was standing outside the three-point arc because the ball took a major bounce. It came from a major bounce. So, I can't remember if it was a shot or... I didn't shoot it. But I, I caught the ball. And I was looking around. I was like, I just want to catch it, pass. I want to do like a Nikola Jokic type thing. Catch, boom, gone. Boom, 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 gone. Like, all that kind of stuff. So I'm not going to dribble. That was my mindset. It's like, ah, I'm not going to dribble. I'm not going to dribble. I'm just going to go boom, 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 pass. Catch ball, pass. Not even look. Pass, pass. Palm it, pass. But when you get in that mindset, you're like, oh my God, have I dribbled or not? Have I dribbled yet? 
Scratch head? Like, have I dribbled, question mark? And I knew I didn't. So you're like, oh my god, I'm going to travel. But you're like, wait, I haven't dribbled yet. I haven't dribbled yet. So then I started dribbling, and Brady, who we brought up before, said, hey, you took a dribble, didn't you? Didn't you? Are you traveling? You traveling? I was like, no. No, I didn't. Tra- I made sure not to. I was keeping logic. I was keeping it locked away in my head. And I was way back behind the arc. And Brady was like, shoot it, shoot it. Ball don't lie. And I was like, okay, ball don't lie. Shot it, drained it. Ball don't lie. Didn't travel. Ball don't lie. <laughs> the, the, the Chicago Bulls need someone with my level of confidence. Right, ball don't lie. Ball don't lie. That's what I needed right there. Exactly what I needed. And then I made a, a like a nice little dribble behind the back fadeaway shot. Beautiful. I did have a few of the catch pass things yesterday. And you weren't you guys weren't there. I mean, there might be some of you listening that were there. There were six people there. So including myself. So if you were there, you would know what I'm talking about. And you don't need to tell other people what it looked like, but man, I looked like prime, I don't know, prime magic. Like, I was dishing the rock left, right, and center. I looked like prime, well, I guess, <laughs> looked like Steph Curry shooting the three. I yammed on a few people, like Jordan, balling out. Absolutely balling out. Tearing it up out there. Tearing it up out there. <laughs> I'm so bad at basketball. I, I'm, a, I, I'm athletic enough to compete with people, but I would never feel confident enough to go, hey, you and me, ISO, right now. I'm not ISOing anybody. I'm never going to ISO anybody. I can play decent defense. I can shoot every once in a while. Not consistent enough to say, hey, I could shoot the lights out of a building here. No, that ain't happening. That ain't happening. But I'm I, I'm faster than a lot of people I play with, so I can use that to somewhat of my advantage. But for the most part, I'm just cool passing the ball. I'm cool passing the ball. So if you're playing with me, don't expect a lot. Don't expect a lot. I can, ki- again, can kind of shoot. Can kind of lay up. I can kind of dribble. I can kind of pass. I can kind of do everything. But it's just a consistent level. That's the problem here. That's a problem here. Now, talking about stuff at a consistent level, one thing that I have a general problem with is suspensions. And this is going all different sports. And the same thing pops up every freaking time with every freaking sport. And it's always the harshest penalty. I'd have every sport, and it's such a minute detail that does not really matter to the grand scheme of said sport, unless you're, you know, doing it, like you're betting against your team, and you're like, I'm going to shave points and stuff like that, then that's fine. But if it doesn't involve your team, or if you're not even playing, then that's where I have a little issue with it. So I don't know if you guys are aware with Ivan Tony. We're going to go on the soccer route again, because we did a lot of that talking about on Wednesday with Flor- Fuller, hey, geez, Florian Balligan. Announcing he was joining the United States men's national team. And they got they released the 2026 World Cup logo today. Ass. That's what I'd say about that. You should go look it up. Out of all the World Cup logos that they've had in the past, there's so much creativity behind them. Like, you look at the 20... Like, the, even the past couple of them. Like, the Qatar World Cup was a nice one. The Russia World Cup was a nice one. The Brazil World Cup's a nice one. The South Africa World Cup logo is a nice one. Like, we're going down the same track... The, like, the, the same way we've been going with, like, the Super Bowl logos. And stuff like that. But we're not here to talk about Balogun today. We'll tie in some American sports here in a little bit. But Ivan Tony just got a whopping eight-month suspension for betting, uh, going against betting rules, breaching betting rules of the FA, which is the Football Association, which is England's governing body of sport over in England for soccer, football, whatever you want to call it. So 232 breaches of that. 
Now, I don't know what all these breaches are. And it's been coming for a while now. That We've all known that Ivan Tony is going to get suspended. Like, that was going to be the big thing. That was the big thing. I don't know what the issue is, what they, what all he did, what all he bet on, but he got an eight-month ban. Eight-month ban. And you go back to American football we talked about before, Calvin Ridley, year ban. Season-long ban for a $1,500 bet on an NFL-sponsored site that when he wasn't playing. Like, why? The, the problem I have with this, like, I, I'm not a gambler, really. I mean, I don't have any sports books. I don't place any money down. I'll make friendly bets with parent, friends or my dad or something like that, but I'll never go. I don't ever really have you know, money to spend. I don't go to casinos. I don't do all that. I don't really care if you gamble or not. But when you have so many sponsorships on jerseys of all these different teams, so here's the current state of the Premier League. So there's 20 teams in the Premier League. Brentford, who employs Ivan Tony, who's currently on 20 goals this season, which is third most in the Premier League for Brentford, a Brentford team that is currently ninth with the smallest budget in the entire league. Ivan Tony's been balling out for the past however many years now. And you look at the the current state of the Premier League and all the sponsorships, because they got sleeve sponsors, they got shirt sponsors. Brentford sponsors is Hollywood Bets. And for those of you who don't know, I, I don't know if you could um, figure this out. I don't know if you heard me, but Hollywood Bets is a sports betting company based in South Africa. It's also known as Hollywood Sportsbook. So a betting sponsor on the shirt of Ivan Tony, that's fine. But Ivan Tony's not allowed to bet. And again, I don't know what all he bet. I don't know what all he bet. But you keep looking around on this thing. You got Bournemouth. Daffabet is an online betting site. That's who sponsors Bournemouth shirts, uh, Bournemouth jerseys. You keep scrolling down the list. You have got, hold on. Is this one right here? Yeah, stake.com, which is the shirt sponsor of, I believe, Everton. Yeah, it's an online casino. And then we got T. Uh, what is this one? Was this W88, which is a sponsor of Fulham, which is TGP Europe, is a company operating multiple online bet gambling websites. And then we got this one, uh, SBOBET, which is Leeds United sponsor, is an online bookmaker, <laughs> and not a bookmaker in the sense of they make books. No, 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 not bookmaker in that way. No, 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 no. And then we got Fun88 which is the sponsor of Newcastle United, which is the same sponsorship that owns Leeds United, or Fulham's sponsorship, sorry. Then we got Nottingham Forest. <laughs> is this the one? No, not that one. Not Nottingham Forest's one. Southampton, here we go. Same company that owns the stuff, the company that runs Fulham's jerseys and Newcastle jerseys, sportsbet.io. Then we got West Ham United Betway, an online gambling company. <laughs> it's everywhere. Wolverhampton Wanderers, their shirt spot, their sleeve sponsor, 12-bet, online gambling brand that specializes in sports betting. Like, why? why? <laughs> I always love uh, the, the what do you call it? I don't even really want to call it the freaking double standard in sports, I guess. Because we have these insane, insane, insane suspensions for gambling. I saw a commercial with freaking Clint Dempsey for FanDuel, who's a former soccer player, while I'm watching the Champions League. So you're broadcasting it to me while I'm watching a sport 
that employs Ivan Tony. But Ivan Tony can't. You're you're saying this to kids. Everybody watching this, like, hey, use this bet. Hey, buy our shirt that has this betting sponsorship on it. And then you got Calvin Ridley. Hey, bet on FanDuel. Bet on DraftKings. Dra- bet on this. But hey, Calvin, you're suspended for a whole season. Hey, guess what, Calvin? Ironically, we're going to hold the draft in Vegas, and the entire thing that we're going to have around the NFL draft is going to be casino chips and playing cards. We're going to center it all on gambling. But guess what? You're suspended. Like I, I bring this example up because I feel like this this changes everything. The Deshaun Watson thing. The Deshaun Watson thing. 26 sexual assault allegations. Settled out of court. Which does not mean by any stretch of the imagination he's innocent. That just means they took the money. That does not mean that they are that he is innocent. What was it? Originally, what was the suspension? It was something short, like a four-game suspension or something like that. It got extended to 13, which coincidentally was the same day and week that the Houston Texans were going to play the Cleveland Browns. His first game back was against the Texans. Like, I've seen shorter suspensions for so much worse (laughs) than gambling. Which, gambling, yeah, I understand it's not the greatest thing in the world. I understand it's not the greatest. It goes against a lot of different religions out there. I remember there was a player for Newcastle United who refused to play for the team because he was Muslim. And didn't want, couldn't have a gambling. It was either the gambling sponsorship or a beer sponsorship. I can't remember which one it was. I understand it's not the most moral thing to do, but again, there's so many worse things that I have seen get punished for so much less. Eight months, eight months suspension. I don't know when that suspension starts. I don't know if that takes place eight month like season long. Like, you start the season back in August, and then it goes all the way to May. Is that how we're going to do this? Or we, is the suspension start now, and then we go eight months into the future? I haven't heard all the parameters around the whole thing, but if you want to go with that, like, Manchester City, 115 breaches of FFP regulations, financial fair play, because Manchester City, which I think this is way worse than what Ivan Tony's been doing, but Manchester City, basically what they were doing was <laughs> not putting forth the correct amounts that they were paying in wages and transfer fees for players and managers and staff and all that stuff. You're cheating the books, essentially. You're washing the books. And nothing has happened since that first got taken, brought up. Because I remember when that first got brought up like a few months ago, they were like, oh, they could get relegated to the championship. They could get their Premier Leagues taken away for however long this thing's been going on. And then just like that, it's gone. I haven't heard anything since then. And now Manchester City are on for the treble. They just won the ch- they're just going to the Champions League final, which they'll route Inter. If they don't, I'd be absolutely shocked. There's no world where Inter Milan, current stage Inter Milan, should be able to compete with Manchester City. I If that happens and Manchester City loses the Champions League final. Now, I was of the same mindset when they lost to Chelsea in the Champions League final back when they played in, um, they played in Porto, right? They played in Porto Stadium where Kai Havertz scored the winning goal. I think that was, like, around that same time, it's like, oh, Man City's going to wash, wash Chelsea. Pep overthought it. Lost the game one nothing. Didn't play with the six. Killed him. Now, I would imagine that he'd go through and make the correct changes this time around and not overthink things. He hasn't won a Champions League without Messi, so that's big. And they also got the FA Cup coming up as well. Manchester United, they're playing them, which the only team in English top-flight football history... That's ever won a treble 
was Manchester United back in the 98 season, where they won the Champions League, Premier League, and the FA Cup. Famously winning the Champions League on two goals that were scored in the 90th plus minute. Solskjaer has won it, that kind of stuff. So if the only team really that has a chance at doing this is Manchester United stopping City. Because right now, at the current stage of the Premier League, there are... So Manchester City has played 38 games. They have 85 points. Arsenal has played 36 games. They have 81. There are, what, three games left in the season for Manchester City? There is like a 1-2% to chance they don't win the Premier League this year. They have to completely fall apart. And if you look at their last few games that they've had, like they have not struggled in the freaking slightest. They haven't lost a game since February 5th, which is when all this stuff started coming out about around that same time about the FFP regulations. They have not lost or not, not won a game in the Premier League since April or April, February 18th. That was the last time they did not, not win a game. Every other game, the only other times they've drawn or lost, so that the last loss they've had in all competitions was back on February 5th. They've drawn four times. Three of those times have been in the Champions League. Three of those times in the Champions League. They just drew Real Madrid last week. They pounded them 4-0 yesterday. Inter Milan beat AC Milan, I think, 3-0 on aggregate. And they never really looked that convincing the entire, or 4-0 on aggregate might have been. I can't remember if they won 3-0 or 2-0 that first game. But they beat them the last game, too. Like, I'm cheering hard for Inter Milan, but I I highly doubt it's going to happen. But I haven't heard jack shit since that whole thing took place. Like, we're talking about moving them down a division. You're talking about a team that could win the treble this year, and then the next season, they're going to be playing in the championship against Sunderland. That's a possibility, or was, and then now we're sitting here like, oh, that's not going to happen, is it? 115 breaches. But man, eight month ban, eight months. <laughs> I love, I love the spot. The thing, like you can go, like, hey, there's a lot of breaches that he had here. That's cool. I understand you saying that. The problem that I have with it is that there's so many betting sponsors in the Premier League. There's so many betting sponsors worldwide in sport. We talk about the Calvin Ridley thing with the NFL draft right after they announced the suspension. Guess what? Playing cards, chips, gambling adverts everywhere during the NFL draft. He's getting re- he just got reinstated like a few months ago. He sat out an entire season. He sat out pretty much the season before because he, he sat out. He just said he was done for a little bit. He needed to get his mental health right. Placed a $1,500 bet, sat out a year. Had to get, Got suspended for a year. I just think it's funny. I just think it's funny. But, yeah. I don't think we'll ever see anything with the Manchester City stuff. I could be wrong about that, but I highly... Because I'm reading the comments of some tweets here. Like, just a thought, but it's probably something to do with City's case being still open, still ongoing. No, it's done. It's not ongoing. They're not going to do anything to him. They're not going to do anything to him. I, I refuse to believe they're going to do something with him. And he... Oh, Ivan Tony's also fined 50,000 50, pounds. That is just really funny. Yeah, and there, there's also people saying, like, John Terry got a four-match ban for uh, <laughs> being ra- <laughs> saying a racial slur to uh, Les Ferdinand. I think it was Les Ferdinand that it got in trouble for. He got a four-match ban for that. So you can say he was innocent for that, but <laughs> they, find, they suspended him for it. 
Luis Suarez got an eight-match ban for something he said to uh, Patrice Ever back in the day. Eight months? That is, like, that is insane. Eight months. <laughs> you have to get rid of the spreading sponsorships. Oh, though, the suspension takes place now. It's active now. I didn't know the suspension took place now. I didn't know if it was going to start next season or not. So you got two games left. And he's going to start. 20 goal season striker. Guy who just scored 20 goals this season for Brentford. A team that are currently sitting ninth place. And they, they are only two points ahead of Fulham, who sit 10th place. And now their leading scorer is going to be done with the last two games of the season. I think it's funny. We obviously got the Pete Rose stuff. We got the Pete Rose stuff, too. Not in the Hall of Fame. Never will be in the Hall of Fame. But we got Big Poppy, steroid user, Hall of Fame, which I think is a little bit more detrimental to the, the record books than, uh, than Pete Rose betting. But you know what? That's another thing. It's a whole other kettle of fish. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. Because Pete Rose isn't likable. We've, we've had this discussion before. Pete Rose isn't likable. Pete Rose is not a likable guy. Dave, David Ortiz is on ESPN every or Fox or whatever every baseball game. Big laughing guy, big guy, oh, just always jolly, always smiling. Alex Rodriguez is trying to do the same thing. Like, Alex Rodriguez is everywhere. Everybody's starting to like Alex Rodriguez again. No one likes Sammy Sosa. Sammy Sosa never comes out and says anything. No one likes him. Barry Bonds, same thing. No one ever talks about Barry Bonds because he's not likable. Big Poppy's in the Hall of Fame because people like him. So, I don't know. But Ivan Tony, eight-month ban. Eight-month ban. That's a little excessive. That's... <laughs> FA will apply to FIFA for Brentford Strikers suspension to be what? To be worldwide. Wow. So January 16th, 2024 is when his suspension ends. Man. I just think that's funny. It's a, it's a, it's a funny one. Don't go around wearing... <laughs> I hope... Maybe the problem was he didn't use Hollywood bets. Maybe that was the problem. He didn't use Hollywood bets. Now... With that being all said, I thought this would be fun. A fun thing to do today. It is, uh, I, you might have seen it on YouTube every once in a while, but footy tic-tac-toe. It is tic-tac-toe, as you could guess. But you have to, so, let's say you've got three teams on top and three teams on the side. You've got to match a, per, a player with said team for that goes with each. So if you had a Manchester United and Bayern Munich one. You had to put, like, Bastian Schweinsteiger in there or something. So I thought it'd be fun here to challenge some people on footy tic-tac-toe. And you can go online, play dot, playfootball.games slash footy dash tic slash tack slash toe. You can play online with random people. You can play in a European league. You can play in the Premier League. But since we, since we were just talking about Ivan Tony, I think we should do the Premier League. And so the teams that we've got here are Leicester, Man, the top row is Leicester, Man United, and Arsenal. The side row is Leeds United, West Ham, and the Netherlands. So it also throw in a country. It is their turn now. So off the off the rip, we got, I know the Manchester United ones. Manchester United, Leeds, we got Daniel James. Manchester United, West Ham, we got Ling, Jesse Lingard. They put Aaron Cantona down for the Manchester United Leeds one. And you got 40 seconds. You got 40 seconds to this. So now we're going to start, you got to, we should start off in the, uh, how do we want to start this off? Let's start off in the middle. Let's start off in the middle. We'll go West Ham, Manchester United. We'll go Jesse Lingard. I think it's a fair shout. I think it's a fair shout. We'll play best of three with this guy. We'll play best of three. So we got Cantona and Lingard in the middle. 
And then I've got the Netherlands. You got like Daly Blind. You got Robin Van Persie. You got Jordy Cruyff. Then you've got Leicester and West Ham. They put Rio Ferdinand down. Oh, interesting. Well, I'll put Rio Ferdinand down for, <laughs> for Leeds United, Manchester United. Just because it's fun. And then you got like Daniel James there as well that we could bring up. Got any other players I can really think of at the top of my head? He already put Eric Cantona down. So you can't. If you put a player down on said row, you can't put him down again. But since he put Rio Ferdinand on the West Ham and United one, I can put Rio Ferdinand down for Leeds United and Manchester United. So we'll go back with West Ham and Manchester United. That's Michael Carrick. Put him there. And there's steals. I don't know if I mentioned that. But he put Robin Van Persie down for Arsenal, Man United. So we'll see where they go next. So I've got one more space left. i got Manchester United, Netherlands. They've got Arsenal, Netherlands down with Robin Van Persie. You can Burkamp there as well. So we'll see where he goes. This one's got, this guy's actually playing. Because there's sometimes you get in these games, and it's a pain in the ass to do. Absolute pain in the ass to do. I've got one more steal left. And he stole first, so he's got one more steal left as well. So this is where we're going to get a little interesting here. How do you utilize your, how's your strategy work now? Where does he go now? And you need Robin Van Persie again. Well, guess what? You just gave me the dub because I'm putting Daily Blind down for Manchester United Netherlands. one nothing, your boy. one nothing, your boy. So now we are at the second game. We got Bournemouth, Arsenal, and Man City on the top row. Then we've got countries on the side. We've got the Netherlands, France, and Italy. We're just going to go Mario Balotelli right off the rip for Manchester City because I can't ever think of any Manchester City players that are also Italian. So I'm just going to get those that one out of the way. He put Thierry Henry down, or she, or she, put Thierry Henry down for Arsenal France. Fair guess, fair guess, sorry for that. Got a Pepsi with me. Pepsi Zero Sugar, Pepsi Max, if you want to sponsor the show. You are more than welcome to. <laughs> well, you are so welcome to do that, uh, Pepsi. They put Benjamin Mendy, oh, interesting one, Benjamin Mendy down for France. Uh, Where do I want to go? Do I want to go down the France Man City route? Because we got Clichy, we got Nasseri, we go Arsenal. Do I want to go diagonal or do I want to go up? We'll go up. We'll go up. We'll go Samir Nasseri. And then we got Netherlands. So all I need to do is win now is get Netherlands Man City. Now, he could try to block that. He could switch out one of my people here. Probably about, oh, yeah, there, there's no, there's not a lot of Manchester City Italians that I can think of off the top of my head. He put Bakary Sagna down. So we're going to go with Gail Clichy. We already talked about that one. So Gail Clichy. Oh, he left! What? He got mad and left. Looks like we're going to have to play another one. We'll go to the European one this time. What happened? European one. Okay, finding opponent. There we go. So I'm going first this time. We got Juventus, Barcelona, Arsenal on the top. Netherlands, Germany, and Wales on the side. So we're going to go Arsenal first. We're just going to go Aaron Ramsey out of the way. Get the Welsh guy out of the way. I can't think of any other big-time Welsh players that played for Juventus. Oh, Aaron Ramsey played for Juventus. But I don't know about Ars or Barcelona. We will go Germany. We'll go for Arsenal, Shagran, Shukran, Mustafi. Won a World Cup. Won a World Cup. Ass, though, but won a World Cup. So we're going up. All I've got left is Arsenal and Netherlands, which, again, we got Dennis Burkamp. We'll see how that uh, – okay, thanks. I, he didn't steal any of them. That was one of the easier wins I've had in a while. Dennis Burkamp. Yeah, we won. So we got one nothing up right now. He put Frankie de Jong down for Barcelona and Netherlands. Now we got PSG, Barcelona, Arsenal on the top. So Arsenal and uh, Barcelona stay. We got Italy, Belgium, and then Lazio down on the side. 
I don't know a lot of Lazio players that have played for – oh, I got Pedro. We're going to get Pedro out of the way because it's Pedro Rodriguez unless he's down as something else. Okay, we're just going to – okay. Because sometimes they got the last names in there, sometimes they don't. He was just Pedro in here, and sometimes they just have Pedro and then year. Like, year they were born. So it, it throws me off a little bit. So now we could go – I'm going to go up. I don't know any PSG Lazio players at the top of my head. I think Serge Milikovic savic is linked to, linked to PSG. I'm not sure, and I don't know any Arsenal Lazio players at the top of my head either. So we're going to have to go up. We're going to have to go up. You got to get the hard ones out of the way first because then they can't steal. Because if they try to go in that spot, you're screwed because then you don't know anybody else. Like I would have been completely stuck if he put Pedro there, but we would have obviously gone somewhere else because the game just started. Oh, it's my turn now. He messed up on a turn. Belgium and Barcelona, Thomas Vermalen. Thomas Vermaelen. He left! Good lord. Good freaking lord. We were ready to dominate. Let's go back to the Premier League one. Let's go back to the Premier League one. This is upsetting. Man, we were about to go again. Okay, so now we got Leeds United, Manchester United, Brighton on top. Netherlands, Spain, and Wolves on the side. You know what? We'll start off with Robbie Keane. He played for Leeds and Wolves. Probably was a lifelong Leeds fan. Probably a lifelong Wolverhampton fan. Everywhere he went. LA Galaxy, lifelong LA Galaxy fan. Everywhere he went, felt like, oh, I've always wanted to play for this club. Then I've got Ruben Neves could potentially come to Manchester United. Anybody else play for Wolves off the top of my head that played for Manchester United? They left. What is going on? Why can't I get anybody that stays in these games? This is insanely frustrating. It was my, man. Okay, now we've got Leicester, Liverpool, Aston Villa on the top. France, Scotland, and Chelsea on the sides. So they put Leicester and France... N'Golo Conte, that's a fair one. We're going to go... Where do I want to go? Let's go with Liverpool, Scotland. Let's go Andy Robertson. I think that's a, a fairly simple one to get out of the way. I like doing Chelsea, Scotland, because Craig Burley, he's a host on ESPN FC that I used to watch all the time in high school. Like They did a... a what was it called? They did France and Leicester. Or uh, Leicester and Chelsea and Golo Conte again. Let's go France, Leicester. Let's go Wesley Fofana. They'll probably they could do that with uh, Chelsea, Leicester too, I guess. So all we got left is Chelsea, Aston Villa, which would be John Terry. But they oh they went Daglish, Daglish there. Leicester and Chelsea, Danny Drinkwater, one of the worst transfers of all time. We'll go there. So now we got Chelsea and Scotland and Leicester. I don't know any Scotland and Leicester players off the top of my head. May have been an over, overstep on my part. I can't think of anybody for Scott. Uh, well, I got Calvin Ramsey for Liverpool and Scotland, so we'll steal that one. Now I've got no steals left, though, so I'm kind of screwed myself here. Scotland and Leicester. Who has played for Scotland and Leicester? I just got to hope that they don't go try to steal any of my picks. If they do steal Leicester and Chelsea, because I know Aston Villa, Chelsea, yes, thank you. Gasville Chelsea. We already talked about John Terry. So, just scroll down a little bit. There we go. John Terry. So, there's one. We haven't lost yet doing it on the show. So, now we've got Fulham, Man United, Liverpool on the top. And then we got Ireland, Crystal Palace, and Newcastle. We'll go with Newcastle, Liverpool. We'll go Andy Carroll. It's always a good one to start off with. It's brought in the same window as Luis Suarez we brought up, brought up earlier for not very fun reasons. So, yeah. Now we've got... Uh, should I go up... Yeah, we'll go up. Liverpool and Crystal Palace and Nathaniel Klein. I don't want to waste all my steals yet. 
I don't want to waste all my steals. Ireland and Liverpool. Oh, oh he chose the goalie. As, I don't know how to say his name. He's linked with uh, Brentford right now to place David Rea. I don't. It's some stupid Irish name. Well, oh, Robbie Keane. We brought him up earlier. <laughs> we brought Robbie Keane said he was a lifelong Liverpool fan, so we're going to use Robbie Keane. Thank you for that one. Well, that was easy to nothing. So now we've got West Ham United. West Ham. I was doing West Ham at Manchester United, but West Ham United's a team name. Manchester United, Leeds United. Then we got Fulham, Ireland, and Brentford on the sides. I don't know any other Manchester United. Brentford players other than Christian Eriksen. So we're going to choose Christian Eriksen there. That way that one's out of the way because I can't think of any off the top of my head right now. So get the hard, again, get the hard ones out of the way. He put Roy Keane down or she put Roy Keane down for Manchester United, Ireland. I know uh, Leeds, Brentford, the Brentford one's going to be hard. The Brentford one's going to be hard. I, I'm going to put Manchester United, Ireland. We got John O'Shea. That's always a good one. John O'Shea was a, a very versatile player. He even played goalie in his time at Manchester United. A few Ireland players to play for. We got Dennis Irwin as well. So United and Fulham. Um, who would have played for United and Fulham? Because that's the one. I Oh, he he left. Okay. Well, we're going to win again. Let's go with the European one for last time. Just one last game. I mean, it's been fairly simple so far. I haven't really had any difficult, really difficult ones. All right, we got AC Milan, Barcelona, Bayern Munich on top. Chelsea, Scotland, and Serbia on the bottom or on the side. Sorry, AC Milan and uh, AC or uh, Chelsea. That's Fernando Torres. And where else could we go from here? I don't know any AC Milan Scotland Scotland players. Scotland Barcelona, no idea. Chelsea Barcelona. It's got to be one off the top uh, off the top of my head. Who the hell played for Chelsea and Barcelona? Wow, I'm really blanking. Uh, Bayern and Chelsea's Ian Robin. Chelsea, Barcelona. Let's see where this dude goes. Right, they went Rude Hullet for AC Milan, Chelsea. Sky, you got to go in the top row. Chelsea and ba Barcelona. This doesn't feel like it should be that big of a reach, but I, I, Neymar might go there this summer. Did Chelsea buy anybody this year that's played for Barcelona? Got players linked with Barcelona. Like, Sergio Aspilicueta has been linked with Barcelona. I got 15 seconds left. Crap. Um, okay, this one's the challenge one. Chelsea, Barcelona. Why? Why? Why am I doing this to myself? What is going on? I can't think. I'm completely lost. I didn't get one there. Wow, I wasted that entire 40 seconds. I couldn't think of a single player that's played for Chelsea and Barcelona. Pierre Emmerich. Oh, Andreas Christensen. Andreas Christensen. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> I forget he exists. I forgot he exists. I just needed to see one player pop up, and then we were fine. But AC Milan, Chelsea. I don't know any Scottish players that play for Barcelona or Bayern Munich. So, okay, Chelsea and AC Milan. Chelsea, AC Milan. Chelsea, AC Milan. There's got to be some Italian. Did Gianfranco Zola? Did he play for AC Milan? No, I don't think so. Anyways. Oh, uh, Bakioko, Bakioko, uh, Tiemu Bakioko. Let's go! And Fikayo uh, Tamori is there, too, so I could have chose him, too. Sweet! All right, so we got Barcelona, Juventus, Manchester United on top, Man City, Argentina, and Uruguay on the sides. This one should be easy. 
This one's fairly simple, right? Like, I can think of anybody at the top of my head right now. So you got Barcelona, Man City, Ferran Torres was the first person I thought of, but you got Yaya Toure, Juventus, Man City, Jao Cancelo, Danilo, Manchester United, Man City. Let's just go with Casper Schme- or Casper Peter Schmeichel. Sorry, they put Lisandro Martinez down for Manchester United, Argentina, and you could put down like Carlos Tevez there too for Man City. You could put them down for both of those ones. Then Juventus, Argentina, Di Maria, Barcelona, Argentina, obviously Lionel Messi. Let's just go with Carlos. Wait, he put Carlos Tevez. No, he didn't. So we'll put Carlos Tevez down. We'll steal Lissandra Martinez. Manchester United, Uruguay. Uh, Palistri. You could do Palistri there. They put Carlos Tevez down. Let's put a... Uh, is he going to be in this thing? Fakuda Palistri, yeah. He currently plays at Manchester United. He went to the World Cup, weirdly. Barely ever plays for Manchester United, but went to the World Cup. Is there anybody else I could think of at the top of my head for Uruguay? I mean, Manchester United, Argentina, you also got, like, Sergio Romero and stuff. City and United. Is Dennis Law in here? Andy, wait, Andy Cole played for Man, for Man City, right? Let's go. Let's freaking go. All right, let's see if this guy, he left. He left again. I want to do one more. I want a real challenge this time. I want a real challenge. Let's go with European. Let's go with the European one. So we got Arsenal, Man United, and Real Madrid on top. Italy, Brazil, and Juventus on the sides. Italy's always a tough one. You don't really see a lot of Italians outside of Italy. Like I, Manchester United, you've obviously got Matteo Darmian. And they put Fred for Brazil, Manchester United. We're going to put Darmian. He's in the Champions League final with Inter Milan, so we got to put him down there. I almost said Lukaku, but he's playing in Italy. He played for Manchester United. Not, he's not Italian. Who else? Cannavaro played for Real Madrid, so we could use him if he doesn't put him down here for Italy, Real Madrid. He put Martinelli down for Bar- uh, for Arsenal and Brazil. We're going to put Casemiro down for United in Brazil, just so we have a line. And Juventus, Manchester United, I mean, we've got Pogba, we've got Ronaldo, we've got Di Maria, we've got... Is there anybody else I could think of at the top of my head? United and Juventus? Carlos Tevez is another one. There's got to be other ones. I can't think of any other ones, but we've got two steals left. we got two steals left. Man United and Juventus is the one we need to look for. So hopefully they can't think of one. And then, I mean, I've got other ones. I don't have any Arsenal Italian players. Oh, Jorginho. Jorginho plays there now. I don't have any. Okay, there we won. We won. Who do we want to put down, though? Who's a fun one? Who barely played for Juventus and played for Manchester United? We've already mentioned some bigger ones, but I don't want to put Pogba. I don't want to put Tevez. I want to think of a fun one. I got 23 seconds left. I'll put Tevez in there, but I don't want to have Tevez. Is there anybody else that played for Juventus? No, we'll just put Tevez down. I don't want to run out of time. (laughs) We had 10 seconds left. I didn't want to run out of time. We have on top Chelsea, Bayern Munich, Real Madrid. On the side, we have Man City, Netherlands, and France. The Man City-Chelsea one's always an interesting one. It's always an interesting one. Like, Frank Lampard would be a really fun one there. We'll put we'll start off with that one, Frank Lampard. And they've got Kareem Benzema for France, Real Madrid. That's a st- solid start. Won a Ballon d'Or last year. The, the thing is, like, Netherlands and France... Very historically deep rosters in terms of football. So 
you've got options. You've got options. France, Real Madrid. I mean, let's just go to Zidane. Makes sense. Raheem Sterling, Chelsea, Man City. If I can think of another one, Man City, Chelsea. Willie Caballero would be a fun one to do. I like think of the random ones. Like completely random ones. Man City, Chelsea. Is there any other ones? Okay, you went Ferland Mendy. Well, guess what? I'm going Willie Caballero. <laughs> and he stole first. If I know, I stole. Wait. No, yeah, he did. He stole first. So this is his last steal. Or hers. Or her last steal. So we'll see which direction they go. They went Matthias Delict. So they went down the state. They're, they're playing smart. They're playing smart. Okay. We are going to go. Do we go France? Let's go Camavinga. Just keep it simple. Because the problem is I could go somewhere else. Cause I only have one steal up, but they also they hold, they held their steal. So if I go anywhere else, I'm pretty much screwing myself. No, I should go in the middle. Bayern Munich and the Netherlands. Bayern Munich and the Netherlands. Who's Robin? We've already brought him up. Keep it in the middle. Keep it in the middle. Because if I go with the for, with the France one, I've got to go in the corners. And I've I have a line already. So I can go I have more options if I stay in the middle, if that makes sense. Okay, they made their last steal. They made their last steal, which is good, which is good. I'm going to go... Now, they have the options, though. That's the problem. We've kind of screwed ourselves. So maybe I should have stuck in the corner. Man City, Real Madrid is where we should go. They control the board. That is a big-ass issue. Um, I'm trying to think of which route I should take. Let's go France-Chelsea. Let's go Wesley-Fofana. And then we're gonna hope that they go another direction, because I've kind of, I, I kind of messed up. I think I should have just stuck in the corner. Either way, I was getting that spot stolen, so it it doesn't really matter. They have no steals left, so they're either gonna have to try and block me with the Chelsea Real Madrid, or Chelsea Netherlands one, or make it. Yeah, they blocked me, so I I can't win. I can't win. I got Netherlands Real Madrid. Um, Rude Van Nistelrooy. It's looking like a draw at this point in time. We'll see if I where they go. The only play like it's gonna be a draw. It's gonna be a draw, which is always fun. I've only had one other draw in footy tic tac toe, so I can't I can't win. So I <laughs> I'm kinda I'm kinda just stuck. Um, well, I guess I can if they screw up a couple times. I have to go Man City Bayern. Which Man City and Bayern, who would that be? Did Pep bring anybody over from Bayern Munich? Because you look at, like, Ilkay Gundogan came over from Borussia Dortmund. Martin D. Michaelis came from there. But Bayern Munich and France, uh, we'll go Upa Meccano. Just, uh, yeah, it's draw. Cat scratch. Even if he doesn't get, like, it's whatever. I I'm cool with the draw. I thought I was going to lose, so I'll take the draw. I had to make a smart choice. But, okay, they're going to make me do it. Fine. Man City and Real Madrid. Uh, Robinho. A draw. Could have been a win. Could have been a win. But now we got the next one. We got Bayern Munich, Barcelona, Ajax on the top. And we got Portugal, Argentina, and Real Madrid on the sides. This is fun. I'm thoroughly enjoying myself right now. I don't know if this is enjoying to listen to, but it's <laughs> it's fun. It's fun for me to do. Because they've always stopped. They've stopped so early. They've stopped early. I'll, this will be my last one if we win. We'll play to bet. This will be the final game I play if they don't quit. The problem is everybody's just been quitting. Been quitting on me. Bayern, Barcelona, and Ajax. And then we've got Port. So they went Luis Figo. They went a different route. We're going to go. Let's stick us in the corner. Ajax and Real Madrid's always a fun one. 
Or do we do Ajax and Barcelona? Because that one's a little bit easier. Ajax, Real Madrid. Because Ronaldo played for PSV. Ruud van Nistelrooy played for PSV. You know, we're going to go with um, Barcelona, Real Madrid. And we're going to go with Ronaldo. Not Cristiano, just R9 Ronaldo. Who else? Real Madrid and Ajax. That's a hard one. I don't... I guess I never really even thought about that one before. Robin didn't play for Ajax. Did Wesley Schneider play for Ajax? If I start pulling... If I if this game becomes difficult, I could probably guess that one. But I'm not even confident. So, Rafael van der Vaart played for Ajax. He went Luis Figo for both Portugal and... Portugal, Barcelona, and Barcelona, Real Madrid. So we'll go Portugal, Barcelona. We'll go Andre Gomez. Didn't really do a whole lot at Barcelona. Was really good at the Euros when Portugal won in 2016, but... He, he might still be on the books at Everton. Might be. I'm not even confident saying that. Like he might. I think he was at Lille on loan last time I checked, but that's that's not me being confident. That's not me being confident. He went Lionel Messi for Argentina, Barcelona. Makes sense. It's a fair one. So we'll go Aguero. Aguero played for Argentina. I don't know if he actually played, but he was on the roster. So we'll go Sergio Aguero for Barcelona and Argentina. So now the last one we got left is Real Madrid-Barcelona, who would be, like, Michael Laudrup played for both. Who else would have played for both off the top of my head? He already put Figo down. I already put R9 down. This is my last steal. So I've got to think. I don't think he's got no more steals if he stole first. Argentina and Javier Mascherano is always a good one. Make sure you don't click. Cause they, they always try to autocorrect it, and if you accidentally click the autocorrect, that will count as a guess. So I don't I don't want to do that. So I got you got to be careful if you click the X's because he would have won if that hadn't happened. Oh, he had what? Okay, so now we got to go in the corners. Got to try and dominate the corners. He can only play defense at this point, really. So we will go Bayern Munich. Portugal, Renato Sanchez, another player that was really good in the, the Euros. He's at PSG. He was also at Lille. I don't know if him and Andre Gomez played together. But we've got Ajax and Real Madrid. Van der Vaart is the one I'm thinking of. I'm pretty confident Rafael van der Vaart played for Ajax. I know he played for Real Madrid. Is there any other players that I'm blanking? Oh, he left. They left. That counts. Counts as a dub. We will freaking take it. So, you know what? We'll move on. <laughs> I don't want to spend any more time on that. It was fun. It's a fun game to play. If you again, if you guys haven't played it or not, go to football, playfootball.games slash footy dash tick slash dash dash toe dash random. That's the one for the random ones. You can play with a friend. You go on the same screen. You can do box to box. See how many people you can name. Have I done this one? I have not. You know what? We'll do this one. We'll see how many we can name. It's like Wordle essentially. So we'll go European one. Oh no, I did that one today. Did I do the Premier League one? I did the Premier League one today. Crap. Well, that ruins that. <laughs> Never mind. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. But with all these people that we did this with, one thing I could take away from this is that so many people freaking sucked at footy. T I didn't lose a single game in there. Came close. Came close. Drew one. Never lost one. I don't know how many games we ended up playing, but never lost one. And you go like, man, those people were awful. Absolutely awful. Now, it could have just not been their day. They could have not 
I don't know. Just could have could have had the the magnitude that they're playing against such a superior intellect uh, intellectually superior being. Maybe that was the problem. Maybe that was an issue. But I saw this on Instagram today, and I always think it's funny when people word things like this that are just can easily be not can easily be disproven. So this guy on Instagram, I'd never it's like you go on your Instagram explore page, you always get some like very interesting items. You're like, why am I getting recommended this? It's like based off your likes. I'm like, how did I like this? I didn't. I've never liked anything like this. But it's from Fantasy Footballers. So you got Fantasy Foot, and then Ball, and then AZ, Ballas. It got 18,000 likes. 18,664 likes. I'm not one of these likes, because I think this is a stupid take. I hate when people do this. And I understand why people do this. Because like we've said before, this we're in the age of journalism and media where we are trying to garner attention and clout rather than actually being you know logical, sensible, stuff like that. So you've got dudes like this that blatantly, so this guy, his the caption of this post, it's a whole ass video. I, I've watched it once and I was like, okay, why would you go on Instagram and do this? Because the, the whole point of doing this is to gain attention, but then your credibility goes out the freaking window when you're proven wrong. And why even bother doing that? It's like this guy said, Justin Fields has a zero, all caps, not even the number. A all caps zero percent chance to be an MVP. Hashtag NFL. Hashtag FYP. Hashtag football. Hashtag sports. Hashtag field. Hashtag bears. And like the Bills, we brought up the bear. We compare the Bears and Bills a lot. Like the Bills, the Bears have had no success in regards to the quarterback situation. They've had one or two quarterbacks that you could consider legends. So the Bears have one quarterback in the Hall of Fame. The Bills have one quarterback in the Hall of Fame. But you see these other quarterbacks, like you got the Bills, you got Joe Ferguson, you got Jack Kemp. For the Bears, you got Sid Luckman, you got all-time leading passer Jay Cutler, you got freaking uh, Jay McMahon. Like You've got quarterbacks there, and when you have one that you think can be good, for the Bills, it was Josh Allen. For the Bears, it was Justin Fields. When you have a quarterback that you think you can develop into something that can be the face of your franchise for God knows how many years, hopefully forever, you want to protect said quarterback at all freaking costs. And anybody that says anything negative about said quarterback, you lose your mind after. Whether you actually mean to or not, that's the instant reaction. We talked about the Browns fans with Baker Mayfield. When they defended Baker Mayfield, there was no other quarterback in the NFL apart maybe Mahomes that they would trade Baker Mayfield for. And that's the thing when you have a team that's been so bad for so long and have had no quarterbacks apart from maybe one, like the Browns, Otto Graham. Same thing with the Bears with Sid Luckman. All the way back in the days of early football. And you got Bernie Kosar. And then that's about freaking it for the Cleveland Browns. You got Deshaun Watson now. You thought you had Baker Mayfield. You drafted Brandon Weed. I saw a picture of Brandon Whedon and Trent Richardson. I always forget that was the same year. That is one of the worst first round hauls of all freaking time. And I think the other one for the Browns, like Justin Gilbert and Johnny Manziel, I think that was the same year. Another terrible ass draft. But... That's fine to say that now because they're not playing anymore. None of those guys are in the NFL anymore. So it's fine to say, yeah, they weren't very good for NFL standards. But to go down this route, it is this guy's this is going on the year three, has a zero percent chance to be an NFL MVP. And he goes through all these advanced analytics and stuff that who the hell knows if they're actually accurate. I haven't taken the time to read it because he literally goes on the video, 
under any circumstances, Justin Fields sucks. He sucks. He sucks. I'm not going to sit here and act like Justin Fields lit the world alight last year, but let's not forget what kind of team he was dealing with last year. The Bears were awful. And I know Bears fans, again, like Bills fans, when you go into a season when your team's been bad, you have the slightest hope of optimism, you overboard it a little bit. I, I make fun of my dad on here for going like, hey, Bills stink this past year, but he's never going to predict the Bills to have a losing season. He said when the Josh Allen's rookie year, there's no way the Bills lose to the Ravens on my, on my anniversary. Bills lose by 40 points to Baltimore. Nathan Peterman posts a 0.0 QBR. Josh Allen starting week two against the Chargers. Finish 6-10. and 10. Like, I try to wager my expectations. Like, that year I said the Bills would finish 5-11 and 11 or 6-10. and 10. I can't remember what they finished. They finished 6-10. and 10. They beat the Dolphins last. I think I said 5-11 and 11 at that time. But I remember last year Bears fans were on social media like, man, this team could win 7-8 games. This team could win 7-8 games. And you look at the roster and you're like, how the hell is this team going to win 7-8 games? How the hell is that going to happen? Like, just look at the team. You got faith in Justin Fields, that's all fine and dandy, but good lord, you got nothing around him. You got a terrible ass off the line. You got absolutely no receivers. You just traded Allen Robinson to the Rams. Your defense stinks. Mid-season, you trade Robert Quinn. You traded Khalil Mack before the season. You got no real peace in the secondary. What the heck? You got a coach in his first year. What is going to make this team a 7-8 win team? Everybody knew the lines were going to be better. The Packers are still the Packers to get Aaron Rodgers. Didn't matter if they made the playoffs. The Packers are still going to do things to the Bears. And the Vikings are going to be better. All those, all those were true. So how were the Bears going to win seven, eight, nine games? So people that are holding that over this past season, there might be some still out there. It's like, what the hell were you looking at? Like you could see Justin, and I'm tired of the whole narrative. And we brought up Justin Fields before because he's the new quarterback to get made fun of this offseason for whatever reason. But NFL scouts don't believe, or NFL teams don't believe, Justin Fields could be a true pocket pass in the NFL. I saw a tweet the other day talking about since uh, Tom Brady's done, and Ryan just accepted a deal with the uh, CBS, though he's not retiring, who's the last true pocket pass in the NFL? We don't have them anymore. Like I said, Justin Herbert and Matt Stafford, but even they move around the pocket. They move on the run, or throw on the run. Aaron Rodgers isn't the most stable pocket passer. I think Mahomes has the best numbers inside the pocket, but Mahomes isn't a pocket passer. And the pocket passer in the traditional sense, I don't care if Justin Fields isn't a pocket passer. You can see glimpses of times where Justin Fields like, oh, there's something in there. There's something in there. His mentality's right. He's got a good arm. I'm tired of people saying this dude can't throw. The dude's got a good arm. He had zero receivers last year with the worst offline, or at least one of the worst offlines in all of football last year. And still... Managed to rush for over 1,100 yards last year, or 1,000 yards last year. 70-something yards away from Lamar Jackson's all-time leading rushing record. Like, I hate when people go on social media for clicks and go like, like is the freaking, um, what do you call it, thumbnail to this video. Just Fields is not good. He's not good now. What's the problem? When you play for a trash-ass team, you're not going to be very good right off the gate. You play for a team that just got the first overall pick in the draft. Of course it's not going to be very good comparatively, but there's a skill set there that allows him to be viewed as one of the top quarterback eventually in the NFL. Now, do I agree with the fact of, or the thing that people are saying around that no one expected Jalen Hurts to be an MVP candidate last year? Justin Fields could be this year's Jalen Hurts. No, because the Bears are so much worse than what the Eagles were at this point last year. 
They were so much worse. It wasn't even close. The Bears didn't have it. They got DJ Moore, which is a thing people are going to compare to because the Eagles traded for A.J. Brown. But other than that, other than trading for a receiver with a draft pick, they're not the same team. They're not the same team. Every player for the Eagles that's a current starter would be a starter for the Bears. Every single one. I would implore you to try and find me a guy on the Philadelphia Eagles that would not start for the Bears. Because as much as you may love DJ Moore, A.J. Brown is better than DJ Moore. Now you could say DJ Moore would be the number two, but even then, is he really better than Devontae Smith? Like, if we go position by position, this is the same Eagles team from last year. If we're doing last, not even knowing what they did this past year. And the Bears were at the number one pick in the draft. I think the Eagles had this 18th pick. 17th or 18th pick. They were in the playoffs last year. I think Justin Fields will have a nice boost this year, having a guy like DJ Moore. Having a guy like Roshan Johnson back there, who I would expect to be better than David Montgomery. David Montgomery's fine. But there's a reason they didn't end up signing. You can have other options there. And I think Roshan Johnson, we've said this before, if Roshan Johnson was on any other team in college football, barring like Alabama, he would have been a starter in college football. There's a lot. He was a very good running back in college football last year. And the Bears got him at a good price. Got him at what, the fourth round? They were able to get Darnell Wright, a position of massive need at right tackle. Well, the Bears will be better, but it's hard to be worse than a three-win team this past year. It's hard to be that much worse. It's just second year with this offensive staff, second year with this just coaching staff in general, but it's going to be a first year with new weapons. You're going to have a new offensive line, hopefully better offensive line. Defense will hopefully be improved on from this past year. Like, it's stupid, at least to me, it's stupid to try and predict a person sucking major ass. I I don't see the joy in that. I never see the joy in that. Like, I try to waver, again, I try to waver my expectations a little bit for quarterbacks. But again, I said the same thing with Josh Allen after the the Bills 6-10 and year, after his rookie year. There was a 0% chance they were going to finish worse than what they did the season before. They went 6-10. and and the year after that, we said they finished nine and seven, maybe ten and six. I can't remember what we said. The video that we did is on YouTube. NFL season preview videos on YouTube still. Surprised they didn't get copyright struck for that one, like we did with the freaking TikTok that we tried to make. Because that was also copy copyright free. Hey, maybe we did get it. I don't know. I didn't. <laughs> I don't know. But there's a zero percent chance that we're going to be worse. There's a very minimal chance Justin Fields and the Bears are worse than what they are last year. And Justin Fields, even last year, was not even that bad. He's got some development to do in his throwing, sure. But there's the talent there. He can make some big-time throws. I'm expecting a boost from Fields this year. Do I think he'll be an MVP candidate this year? No, I do not. I don't think the Bears will be a very good team. I think they'll be, again, got to keep real. I think they'll be better, but not Eagles better. They're not going to be challenged for a Super Bowl or anything. Maybe they go out and shock the world this year. Maybe that's what happens. But I hate when people are so, like, definitive about it. Could he suck next year? Yeah. There is a chance he could be bad next year. There's a chance he could throw 18 interceptions the first three games of the season. There's a chance in hell that happens. A very low chance, but a chance it happens. Why try to pin this down as, like, oh, all right, here we go. I'm not going to play the volume, but he has, what Justin Fields do to deserve – what did Justin – got to mute it – deserve this kind of – See off-season hype. Justin Fields 
sucks. There's no other way you can script this. This guy had two games last year under 100 passing yards, one of which he had 71 passing yards versus the Detroit Lions. This is the same Detroit Lions team that had arguably the worst secondary in football last year. In 2022, they gave it the third most passing yards and the second highest yards per attempt. Justin Fields was sixth highest in bad throw, whatever the hell that means, throw percentage last year. People hire these guys. I don't know what that even supposed to mean. Quarterback suck when it comes to on-target throw percentage. Don't know what that's supposed to mean either. Like, how are you – Justin Fields – what was his – Hold on, 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 hold on. Let me go check this. If he's counting this, the freaking did he have over 100 yards in that Niners game last year? Okay, he did. So he had 70 yards against the the Packers. He had 75 yards against the Lions, but he had 132 yards rushing in that game too. Okay, we're gonna discount the rush. You know how important rushing yards are to a quarterback in today's NFL. We're just going to completely ignore the fact that he had 132 rushing yards in this game? Okay. I mean, that's fine. You can do that. I really don't care at this point in time what Justin Fields has done at this point in time. I don't care. He's in his second year in the NFL. One and a half years as a starter with a terrible ass team. I'm not going to judge him at this point. I think this dude could be really good. This dude could be very, very good at the next level. I think this dude could be very good this year. But to say he sucks, there's no other way to put it, is stupid. It's very stupid. What else does he have on here? Is Dak overrated? Question mark? Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's not a question. Yes. <laughs> His interception percent. He played like 12 games last year, had 17 interceptions. What was his interception total? He played, yeah, 12 games, 15 interceptions last year. Good lord. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Again, I think he's fine, but yeah, he's overrated for what people expect of him. Who else is this year? Top five worst picks. Let's see his top five works picks. Top five works picks from round one of the NFL draft. At five, we have Will McDonald because Rodgers is having flashbacks. Will McDonald wasn't even the best edge rusher on the board, and the Jets could have used another weapon on offense, and they definitely could have tackled... No, they didn't have any tackles available. Number four is Jack Campbell. This pick makes no sense whatsoever. This is a linebacker class pretty bad. At number three, this shouldn't be a shocker to anybody. I have Darnell Wright. Okay, he just doesn't like the Bears. I think that's a fourth or fifth best tackle on the board. Trade out of the ninth. Get on the board. So what tackles were above him? I mean, obviously, had Paris Johnson, who got taken sixth. So there's, he's the fourth of the best tackle that was on the board. So you have, like, Skaronsky, Broderick Jones, and then who? Anton Harrison? And then you can count Matthew Bergeron as a tackle? Dewan Jones? I don't know who you have as the who are the other tackles there. It's crazy. Just leave it to the Bears to this mess this up. It would be surprise number two. Cowboys taking Mozzie Smith. This just feels like a Cowboys move that just doesn't make a lot of sense, but doesn't take away from the fact that you guys needed a DB pretty bad. Number oh, that's that's it. Number twelfth overall, Jameer Gibbs. Okay. That's fun. Where's his tackles one? Where's his tackles? Does he have a tackle? He had our wide receivers rankings. Fixing the Bills. Here's how I would turn the Bills into a legit Super Bowl contenders this offseason. I was hesitant to do teams like the Bills because they're already contenders, air quotes. I really think this Bills team is missing a few things before they're actually able to compete with Patrick Mahomes. If for some reason people talk about how bad this offensive line was in 2022, 
There wasn't a single starter on this O-line that was ranked top 20 in their position via PFF. Com- combat this Osiris Torres from Florida, 27th pick. Well, they got him. That was a pretty obvious one. Didn't give up a single sack of Florida. I mean, he was only there for a year, but that's he still gave up no sacks in a year. Run game in Buffalo is horrid. That's why they're going to reunite these Cook brothers. That's they, I don't think that'll happen. It didn't happen. They're going to release him is what it sounds like. Second and third round picks for DeAndre Hopkins. Fair. He's getting a left tackle. Taylor to one is pretty good and pretty cheap, so they're going to get – well, I don't I don't really know if that's an upgrade. Getting Odell Beckham Jr. to three or 20 – jeez. <laughs> good Lord. Trading for DeAndre Hopkins, Dalvin Cook, and Odell Beckham Jr. in the same offseason. And Dalvin Cook. Did we mention Dalvin Cook? Good Lord, what a trade. Man, screw the cap. <laughs> Bills had no cap space to do any of that. Wow, you know what? That would fix the Bills. That would make the Bills Super Bowl contenders. Trading for DeAndre Hopkins and Odell, signing Odell Beckham Jr. and trading for Dalvin Cook. Yeah, okay. Would that fix the Bills? Yeah, it definitely would. But it's it's not going to. Can't happen. Fixing the Bears. How I would turn the Bears into legit Super Bowl contenders. Well, you can't. This offseason, first off, we're trading down from the first overall pick. Obviously, we're trading with Houston, the second overall pick. We're picking up the 2024 first. Then we're going to trade down once again with the Colts for the fourth overall pick. Train down the second to the fourth overall pick. We're going to get Michael Pittman Jr. and an additional 2024 first on top of that. One last time with the Panthers. Jeez, how many first-round picks you got accumulating here? Ninth overall pick, we're just going to get Justin Fields some offensive line help, arguably Paris Johnson Jr. or Anton Harrison, whichever one is the highest on our draft board. Final move, trade back into the first round. Take Jalen Hyatt, who's drafted in the fourth or third round this year. Trade the first overall pick for 2023-24, Michael Pittman Jr., now free agency, we already got Justin Fields some receiving weapons. Now we need a running back. We're going to get Saquon Barkley. Give him a blank check for whatever. Pay him if it's $25 million a year. We're going to pay him. That's finally how we're going to get Ethan Pojic from the Browns. Give him a $9.75 million. Okay. I was surprised given how Justin Fields sucks, we wouldn't draft him. We would draft Bryce Young or something. We're actually pretty survived by that. surprised by that. I mean, I'm cool with them living in fantasy land with the Bills trades, but, man, that <laughs> – I think the Bills already made a lot of improvements. I think the Bills are a better team at this point than they were at this point. La- this Right now, the Bills are a better team than they were at this point last year. I'm very confident in saying that. I don't even think that goes without saying. I think that goes, I should say, that goes without saying. Bills are so much better. The off the line's better. I don't, like, Taylor Lewan, is that an upgrade on Deion Dawkins? Is it? I don't know if you would classify that as an upgrade. Especially given Taylor Lewan's recent injury history, for Deion Dawkins' faults, he has been relatively injury-free. Knock on wood, of course. I can't see him playing for anybody else, though. I don't think he's perfect. I think the Bills could definitely upgrade on him, but I don't. I don't want to see. I don't think Taylor Lewan and adding Taylor Lewan too. You're signing four. You signed three free agents to big money deals, or traded for Dalvin Cook, traded for DeAndre Hawkins, signed Beckham and Taylor Lewan. While also currently still having – what they have? They had, like, the one of the worst cap situations in the NFL this past offseason. That wasn't happening. But I wish that could happen. I really wish that could happen. But, yeah, that, it's, it's, it's not happening. But, yeah, I don't, I, I don't think the window is closed by any stretch of the imagination. I know some people would like to say the, the window is closed just because they're having some fun. Which QB matchup can you not wait to see in 2023? Josh Allen versus – 
uh, Aaron Rodgers, Herbert versus Wilson, and Hurts versus Tua. I don't really care about. I mean, we've already seen Herbert versus Russell Wilson, so I don't really care about that one. <laughs> that one really doesn't bother me at all. Again, already seen it. Rodgers, Allen, I'm excited for it because it's with the Jets, but we've already seen that one. Have we seen Tua versus Hurts yet? Has that been a thing that's happened? I can't remember if it has, if it happened their rookie year or not. Or second year, second year. But it's always fun. Quarterback's a really fun position in football. It's everybody's favorite and least favorite position in football. Always has been, always will be. Everybody hates it. Everybody loves it at the exact same time. Like, I saw some today, like, or not today, but uh, where was it? Where was it? Yeah. Top five QBs under 25. Jalen Hurts, Trevor Lawrence, then Brock Purdy at three. I I need to see more. I know we saw 13 games from Brock Purdy. I understand that, but I I need to see a little bit more. I need to see a little bit more. I don't think that's out of the question, which is insane for me to think about, like going back a couple years. It's insane to think about. And then four, Justin Fields, and five, Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett's under 25. I feel like that dude's old as hell. But I don't remember how old he is, but obviously under 25. I always see, like, the top three quarterbacks in the NFL. I think the order. like I I sometimes say, like, whatever order you want for the top three, but it's always going to be Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, and that should be the order. Like, if you look at the playoff games between Allen and Burrow, the, the, the stuff Allen has done in the playoffs trumps that of Burrow by quite a wide margin. But, you know, people got to start their own narratives and stuff like that. Like, most passing yards all time, playoff leaders – uh, per game, Josh averages 291.9 yards per game, which is just under Mahomes, who averaged 298. Burrow averages 259.3. I understand there's a lot of things you can do in the playoffs to get your team a win, but for who's the better quarterback, Josh is the better quarterback. And I, I'd find seeing Burrow – like, Burrow's number three. That's fine. That's fine. But Allen's better than Burrow. And I saw this. Dan Orlovsky tweeted this last year, too. Uh, QBs you win because of in 2013 – Allen, Rodgers, Burrow, Lamar, Trevor Lawrence, Herbert, Mahomes, and Jalen Hurts. QBs will win a lot of games with Tua, Mac, Mac Jones. Yeah, that Mac Jones. Jimmy Garoppolo, Dak Prescott, Jared Goff, Kirk, and Geno. Uh, big seasons of answering, big season of answering questions ahead. Stafford, Ritter, Fields, Jones, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Kenny Pickett. I feel really weird that QB that game QBs will win a lot of games with. Patriots and Raiders? Really? Like, I, the Raiders and Patriots will probably both come last in their divisions again. Or again, I say the Patriots probably will. So the Jets are going to be better next year. The Broncos can't be worse than what they were last year. I refuse to believe that. So we'll see the Raiders and Patriots in last place in the AFC West and the AFC East. I would imagine so. But QBs you'll win a lot with? That's the... I mean, in the past? Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo's been to the Super Bowl. So... I guess I can't really say a whole lot on that. He's been to a few NFC Championship games. But currently, I don't know if I'd put him in that that category. It's not, I don't know, big season of answering questions ahead. I understand that one. I understand that one. But QBs you win a lot of games with, I don't really have. When because of, I don't really think that's, yeah, I don't really think there's a problem with that one. Is there anybody he's missing on that one, though? Allen, Rodgers, Burrow, Lamar, Trevor Lawrence, Herbert, Mahomes, Jalen. Is there anybody's missing that I can think of? Probably not. At least off the top of my head. 
No, no, I think that's fine. I think that's fine. I've said this before. I think Josh and Lamar are asked to do more than any other quarterback in the NFL just because of the lack of – I mean, the Bills obviously got Stephon Diggs. But other than that, Bills have had literally nothing else at Josh. I was like, Josh, go do something. Lamar, go do something. You see what happens to the Ravens when Lamar's not there. Like, yeah, it's it's a mess. It's a mess. I think those two are asked to do more than everybody else. But that's, that's not, I'm not saying that they are the best, but that's what I'm, I'm saying that – their coaches are like, hey, just go make a play. I've seen Lamar Jackson turn a 14-yard sack into a 60-yard touchdown run. So I, that's my example of that. There's a lot of stuff going on with quarterbacks this offseason, though. A lot of stuff going to the quarter. Biggest questions uh, for all 32 teams. Quarterback questions. We'll see which ones we really agree with. Dak, does Dak get a contract extension? No idea. Again, I think he's overrated. Giants, can Daniel Jones live up to his contract? And what are the implications if he doesn't? Well, he had no implications. He's not... He can't go anywhere. No one's going to trade for him. You're not going to cut him. So you go draft a quarterback or... I don't know. Put Tyrod in. I saw some of the day Tyrod's got like the fourth highest... Fourth lowest interception percentage in NFL history or something like that. It's not surprising. Eagles, is Jalen Hurts set to get back to the Super Bowl and win it this time? I think he could go back to a Super Bowl, no problem. But win it, I'm not 100% sure. Washington, is Sam Howell really an NFL starter? What are your implications if he isn't? Well, I think he can be this year. If he's not, then you're going to draft Caleb Williams or Drake May. Pretty simple answer to that one. You have, like they say, they have Jacoby Brissett there, so you have an option there. Sam Howell doesn't work out, but I like Sam Howell. So I I hope he gets a full, fair chance this season, but I think he might be doomed because I don't think this team's very good. Uh, the Bears, are the Bears doing enough to improve the group around Justin Fields? For this year, no, but for the, or for, um, for like, how do I want to word this? Is it improved? Yes. Did they improve enough? Do do enough to improve the ground Justin Fields? Not long term. For the short term, yes. But you're not going to make all immediate changes like that. You're not going to add Odell Beckham, Dalvin Cook, and <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins in the same offseason. So you got to start with baby steps. And that's a good way to start that. Like getting DJ Moore, getting Darnell Wright. You're getting improved. It's not going to be instant great, but... It's fine for the here and now. Uh, Lions, is Jared Goff good enough to lead the Lions to playoff success? Yeah. I think Jared Goff's, I mean, Jared Goff's gone to a Super Bowl. Jared Goff hasn't thrown an interception in a long-ass time. Jared Goff's a very smart thrower of the football. Doesn't force the ball too much. Which is something you couldn't really say when it's time in L.A. But I think he's good enough to get them in the playoffs. I think he's good enough to get them there. Uh, Green Bay, is Jordan Love ready? Can't afford not to be. Can't afford not to be. They already paid his, uh, his fifth-year options. Can't afford not to. Vikings, how much longer for Kirk Cousins in Minnesota and what's next for the Vikings? I don't know. Depends on what he's wanting this offseason. Again, this is his last year of his contract, so it just depends on what he wants. And then what's next? No idea. They haven't really done a great job at figuring that part out. So we'll see how they do this season. It seems like they have a lot of faith in Kirk, but they got Jaron Hall in the draft. They got him in the fifth round, which I think is a solid pickup. So, yeah, but we'll see if... if like, Kirk's probably not going to get hurt. Kirk's been relatively healthy his entire career, so... I, I think Kirk's fine. I think Kirk's fine, but we'll see what kind of contract he gets this off. Maybe a one-year, two-year deal this offseason? I don't know. I know a lot of Vikings fans like him. I know a lot of people on Twitter are in, like up and down about him. I think Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback, so we'll see. Is Edmund Ritter really an NFL starter? I don't know. I don't know if he is. I think he's talented. I think he's got the right demeanor. He's got everything you're looking for in a quarterback. He's got the good weapons around him now. 
Like, you've got Drake London, you got Kyle Pitts, you got B. John Robinson, Tyler Allgaier, you got Cordero Patterson. Like, you've got options. So, yeah, we'll see. If not, draft somebody next year. Simple as that. Carolina, can Bryce Young have a Joe Burrow-like effect in Carolina? Not year one, if we're talking about that. I guess Joe Burrow didn't have an insane effect year one because he got hurt. But I think he'll be good. I have no issue with Bryce Young. I've been very high on Bryce Young for years now, so I'm, I have no issue with Bryce Young balling out. I think they can win the division this year. I think that's a very easy, or not easy, but maneuverable division. The Saints aren't going to be great. The Bucs aren't going to be great. The Bucs the, were ranked, what, 30th in the NFL Power Rankings the other day? So, yeah. But the Falcons aren't very good either. So, Saints, can Derek Carr be more in New Orleans than he was with the Raiders? I don't know what that means. I don't really know what that's supposed to mean. What was he supposed to be in the, with the Raiders? And he got that massive-ass contract extension with LA, or with Vegas. And they got hurt, or got hurt around that time. I don't remember exactly when that came through. He's just, he's a fine quarter. I don't know what his expectations are. I don't know what the Saints' expectations are for the season. Bucks, who starts? Baker. Uh, that would be my guess, but I would I would love to see Kyle Trask start. But I would I would bet on Baker. And then we'll see Caleb Williams, Drake May, someone like that next year. Cardinals, what does the short and long-term future hold for Kyler Murray in Arizona? Well, I wouldn't play him at all this year. I don't care if he comes back week eight healthy. Do not play him a snap. And then play him next year. Get a haul for the first overall pick because Caleb Williams will go first. Uh, God forbid something happens to him, knock on wood, then Drake May will go first. You can get a massive haul to get him, and you're good. Kyler Murray's fine. He's cringy as hell, but he's fine. Like, again, I, I brought this up the other day, or the other show we did. He was an MVP candidate at one point. People remember that, right? Like, people were talking about him as an MVP candidate. So I think he's fine. I think he's cringy as hell. But I, th- I don't think there's really questions around him right now. I think he's good enough to be a starter for the Cardinals. I, I like Kyler. Rams, how much longer for Matt Stafford and what's next for the Rams? Uh, well, from what it sounds like, they were trying to trade him this offseason. So I don't know. I have no idea what the future holds for Matt Stafford. I don't know what the Rams' future holds at quarterback. I don't know if they draft a quarterback early next year. I would. I mean, Caleb Williams would make a lot of sense keep him in L.A., but you know the commanders would like to bring him back home to D.C. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see on that. But I have no idea how much longer Matt Stafford's got. He got the, sp- the spinal contusion last year. So we'll have to wait and see. Niners, is Brock Purdy healthy? Wither Trey Lance? Can Sam Darnold be a thing? Well, I don't know about Brock. Wither Trey Lance, what is that supposed to mean? I like Trey Lance. I is likely back likely back sooner. But he still hasn't shown much, and it's possible newcomer Sam Darnold could be the starter week one. Yeah, I think all those are true. They all possess similar-ish skill sets. I think Trey Lance is for just specifically skill set. Specifically. I think Trey Lance got the highest ceiling out of those three, but you know who plays the best? Purdy's played better than the other two have in their careers up to this point. And he, again, we brought he only played thirteen games, but he's played the best. So if Purdy's healthy, I would imagine Purdy's week one starter. But if he's not, and there's res- hesitancy around that, Trey Lance should be the starter week one. But Sam Darnold can do like he can be decent enough in that system with those players, better than what he's ever had in his career. So, I don't know. We'll have to see if Purdy's healthy. That's the number one question. Seahawks, can Geno Smith do it again? What happens if he doesn't? If he can't, I'd be kind of surprised. I mean, they got another running back. They brought in Zach Charbonnet to help with with Kenneth Walker. They brought in Jackson Smith and Jigba. They have a young offensive line. I would imagine he'd put up similar numbers next year. And if he doesn't, then you look for a quarterback next year. Simple. Did they add somebody in the draft? I don't remember if they drafted a quarterback or not. 
Who did they draft a quarterback? Hold on. I can't remember if they did. They didn't. They got Holton Ehlers, who I don't know who that is from East Carolina, <laughs> undrafted, and then Drew Locke. So if he doesn't, then you figure it out next year. It's all you can do. Just try and figure it out next year. Bring someone else in. He's only on a he's got a three year extension, but it's really a one year deal. So we'll see. Bills can Josh Allen fix his turnover problem. Yeah. Simple. Stop forcing the ball. He's trying to do too much. With the added with the additions to the running game, the additions to the offensive line, adding Dalton Kincaid, that alleviates a lot of pressure. Because he's gonna try and do too much. That's the problem. He tries to be Superman, it doesn't work all the time. So we need him to take the lever back a little bit, tell him to stop doing so much. And, yeah, that will fix itself. Uh, Dolphins, can Tua stay on the field? Don't know. Do I think he should? No. I, I think he should have, and he did, contemplate retirement. But it might be an unfair to label the 25-year-old as injury-prone, but that is a wrap on Tua. Yeah, might be unfair. But we'll see. We'll see. Battled a lot of injuries last year, obviously the concussion issue. But they got Mike White in, so if not, you got Mike White there. Can Bill O'Brien save Mac Jones? I mean, that's what they're hoping. You bring him in, he's the offensive coordinator at Alabama, Made Matt, helped Mac Jones become a Heisman finalist, win a national championship. as a Patriots guy, and he's 10 times, 100 times, I don't really like Bill O'Brien, but he's 100 times better than Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. So, yeah, that that should be able to do enough to help. But if they, Bill Belichick's not afraid to pull the trigger on a first-round quarterback. He did a blood so for Brady. I would not be surprised if he did the same for Bailey Zappi, for Mac Jones. We'll see, though. Do the Jets have enough protection around Rodgers? If healthy, that's the thing, though. Mekhi Becton hasn't been able to stay healthy. He hasn't played in two years. First-round draft pick and has been injured before the season started the past two years. He's lost a lot of weight this offseason, but we'll see. I think the the run game's big. I think having Brees Hall healthy will be big, but they've got the weapons. Like, they've got people around him. It's just the offensive line is questionable. Yes, I agree. It's not horrific as it has been in the past, but they would have definitely liked Broderick Jones. Steelers, Patriots screwed the Jets on that one. And the Patriots getting Christian Gonzalez at 17 is a freaking steal. Uh, Ravens, will Todd Monken's offense take Lamar Jackson to a new level of success? I would hope so. That's exciting. I'm excited to see what Todd Monken's offense does. I'm really excited. I hope Lamar stays healthy. They got all new receivers. Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham Jr. Love it. I'm excited to see what the Ravens do. Will Joe Burrow's new deal leave room for others? He said he wants to keep the band around. He wants the band to stick together. So we'll see if he takes a team-friendly deal or not. He could get, he's going to be the highest-paid quarterback in NFL history when he signs. It's just a matter of – well, I, I guess he doesn't have to be, but one would imagine so. Uh, the Browns, can Deshaun Watson return to 2020 version of himself at quarterback? Um, I don't know. I don't know. We haven't – that's been a long-ass time. That's three years ago. That's a long-ass time ago. So we'll see. We'll see because that version of Deshaun Watson was a top-five quarterback. The Browns got a good running game. Coaching staff I still have some questions about, but, I mean, you got some decent players out wide. We'll see. We'll see. I, I I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff swirling around Deshaun, so I don't know if that could weigh de- weigh him down a little bit. It did last year. Is Kenny Pickett – Steelers, Kenny Pickett the long-term answer? I think so. I like Kenny Pickett. I think the thing I took away from Kenny Pickett last year is that nothing – it didn't look fast. That's what you worry about with young quarterbacks is that the game looks a little fast. If they can slow the game down. That game against the Bills, they got absolutely blitzed. But guess what? He didn't look bad. He His numbers might not have been amazing, but there were times in that game where it's like, he looks calm, which is what you need. Through adversity, you need to stay calm. And I think that's important. I think he's got the mobility. He's got the arm talent. 
I think he's fine. They had a terrible offensive line last year. Najee Harris was even down. So we'll see. I think Kenny Pickett's a good quarterback. I think he could be the long-term answer for the Steelers. Texans, do the Texans have enough support for CJ Stroud? I mean, getting Tank Dell and Xavier Hutchinson are big pickups. But other than that, don't really have a lot going. I mean, you have Damian Pierce. You brought in Devin Singletary. Laramie Tunsil's still there. But I, I don't know. I, I think C.J. Stroud will be good. He's not going to light the world up this year because the Texans are going to be bad. They're just going to be a bad team. The thing is, though, their division sucks. The only good team in this division is the Jaguars. So there's chances for them to maneuver around, but for this year, no. It's the same thing with Justin Fields. You were coming off a bad year. You were one second, uh, one two-point conversion away from having the number one overall pick in the draft. So do you have enough support? Not this year, but you're hoping to build on that. This is the building blocks from this. Will Anthony Richardson be ready? I think so. I think so. I think this Duke should play week one. And the problem, the thing is, I don't think it matters if he's ready or not. Because if he's not ready, you would let, you make him learn. The best way to learn, for the Josh Allen did the same thing. Josh Allen started week two, his rookie year, when everybody said he shouldn't start the entire season. Do a Patrick Mahomes Chiefs thing, sit out the entire year, play the last game, and that's it. Josh had to play week two because Nathan Peterman sucked ass. Now, the Colts have Gardner Minshew there, which is a fine bridge quarterback. But let Anthony Richardson take his, take his bumps and bruises. Let him learn, and then you'll be fine. So the Colts won't be amazing this year, but I think the athletic abilities of Richardson and having Jonathan Taylor, O-line can't be much worse than what it was. You've got in Josh Downs, which is an awesome get in the draft. I like what the Colts have. I like their offense. I like Shane Steichen. So I think Anthony Richardson will be ready. I think he should play week one. I think he should start all season. It's the same thing that happened with Lamar Jackson in the playoff against the Chargers. Remember when the remember that playoff game? It was Lamar Jackson's rookie year. Joe Flacco was the backup, got benched for Lamar. He got hurt. I can't remember if he got hurt or got benched. But Lamar was not having a good game. And John Harbaugh could have easily pulled the trigger on him and go, hey, you're out of the game. But when you have a young quarterback like that, him being bad for that short period of time in that game, because the Ravens ended up coming back. They didn't win, but they ended up coming back in that game. But allowing him to struggle help build his career. He ended up winning the MVP the next year. Like, that helps. Struggle, like, you know the old saying, pressure built, pressure makes diamonds? I think that will help Richardson. It helped Josh. It helped Lamar. It'll help Anthony Richardson, I would hope. Jaguars, is Trevor Lawrence really ready to join the NFC, AFC East elite quarterbacks? Yeah. Yeah, he is. I don't see why not. The way he improved as the season went on is big. I think the Jaguars only made the right moves this year. Bringing in Anton Harrison's massive, both literally and figuratively. Helped the offensive line a lot, especially with the suspension of... Oh, crap. I'm forgetting their tackles, Dave. Greg Robinson. Especially with the suspension of him. Bringing in Anton Harrison's a young athletic tackle. who Or Cam Robinson. Not great. Greg Robinson was the freaking Rams tackle that sucked ass. Not Cam Robinson. But yeah, I long story short, yeah, I think I think Trevor Lawrence will be good this year. I think Trevor Lawrence is ready for that. Is the clock ticking to Ryan Tannehill? Yeah. Was as soon as we can see Will Levis? Uh I don't know, because the Titans aren't going to be very good. When could we see Will Levis at? Because Tannehill, when did Tannehill get hurt the first time last? He got hurt early. I don't know, if they start, because they're playing the Saints, Chargers, and Browns. If they go 0-3, then I think we see Tan or see Levis. And Levis is wearing number 8 right now. He'll be wearing number 7 before the season starts, because they're not keeping Malik Willis on the roster. I'd be shocked if they did, but... Is the clock ticking for Ryan Tannehill? Yeah, that's why they drafted Will Levis. I think Levis fits the culture of Tennessee. So I I think that's a good culture fit. I think that's just a good fit. 
So I think we'll see him. Uh, I again, zero and three, but we might see him mid season. Tannehill's probably gonna get hurt, so we'll see. But I I think Tan- Levis will see some time this year. He'll will see some time. Then we got the final division. Can Son Payton save Russell Wilson? We will see. Russell Wilson was ass last year. They were at a Nuggets game, trying to. I don't know what they were talking about. They were laughing together. But Sean Payton and Russell Wilson haven't really seen eye to eye this offseason in regards to the whole, like, his camp or management, whatever the hell you want to call it. But the Broncos were bad. They can't, again, I said this before, they cannot be worse than what they were last year. How putrid that offense was, there's no way they can be worse. No way. Chiefs, can Patrick Mahomes do it again with these with these wide receivers? Yeah. Why can't he? It's Patrick Mahomes. I don't need to doubt Patrick Mahomes. Can Raiders, can Jimmy Garoppolo stay healthy? Who the hell freaking knows? I have no idea. I have absolutely no clue if this dude will stay healthy. That's why they brought in Brian Hoyer, another Patriots guy. And they got Aiden O'Connell in the draft who uh, Josh McDaniels compared to Tom Brady in regards to throwing motion. So, I don't know. I'll believe it when I see it. If Jimmy Garoppolo plays 16 games this year, and there's 17 games. If he plays 16 games this year, I'd be shot. Because he I, has he ever done that? Has he ever played a full 16-game season? He did once. He has one time. Played 15 games in 2021. Played 16 games in 2019. 27 touchdowns, 13 picks. He's only thrown over 20 touchdowns twice? Good Lord. I feel like this dude's been around the NFL forever, and he has. He's only had 20-plus touchdowns one, two, two times, and he only threw 20 in 2021. He threw 15 last year. Played well last year. Was playing well before he got hurt last year. But I don't know. I have no freaking idea. I'm not going to try and predict that one. And then Chargers, can Kellen Moore take Justin Herbert to Les Neville? Yes, I think they should. I think he can. The The amount of upgrade they got this offseason off the coordinator is ridiculous. I saw I remember when the Chargers and Dolphins were playing last year. I saw a tweet that said the Chargers run an offense like Tua is their quarterback and the Dolphins run an offense like Justin Herbert's their quarterback. Like Justin Herbert is a very, very, very good quarterback. Put him top five, arguably. So, yeah, the Chargers off should be a lot better this year. Just from an offensive coordinator. And Cowboys fans hate on J- Kellen Moore. Like, their offense wasn't one of the top offenses in the league last year. But we'll see. I, I think he'll definitely help Justin Herbert. I can't can't see it getting worse. Again, they fired their offensive coordinator. They fired their, op- their quarterback coach. They fired their pass game coordinator, too. Like, I think they cleaned house with everything in regards to the offensive side of the ball. After losing that game to Jacksonville. <laughs> I saw... Where was it the other day? Um, something bringing up about the Chargers and Jaguars. It's like... Man, the Chargers got beat by the Jaguars like that. And... Wow, what was it? I I cannot remember what it was. I care. I saw it on the TV. We were watching an NBA game. I don't remember what the, what the thing was. I don't remember what it was. But that, that'll be a fun thing this year. I, do they play this year? Do the Chargers and Jaguars have a rematch this year? They might. I guess I don't know. Do they? Ah, they don't. They don't. But that could, that could be a fun little rivalry going between Herbert and Trevor Lawrence. Two big quarterbacks, two biggest quarterbacks in the NFL. But I saw some of those, like, best rivalry in the AFC is Chiefs-Bengals. Is Chiefs-Bengals best rivalry in the AFC? I I think, I, I guess you could say because they met in back-to-back AFC championship games. And the Bengals have relatively had the Chiefs number apart from this past AFC championship game. But do I think it's the best rivalry in the AFC? No. I think Bills-Bengals is a better rivalry. I think it's more involved with that. But 
recently I can see why people would lean towards that, but I think Bills-Chiefs is a rivalry game. But I think the biggest rivalry in the AFC is Ravens-Steelers. I don't care how good the Steelers are. I don't care how good the Ravens are. That is the best rivalry in the AFC. But if you're going off the two best teams or two of the best teams, like the Chiefs, Chiefs Bengals, Chiefs Bills, I, that's fine. But I saw I I, I saw that on uh, Instagram the other day. Then what else do we got here? Just before we get into the quarterback stuff, top five clutch quarterbacks currently in the NFL: uh, Peter Schrager, Mahomes, Stafford, Burrow, Rodgers, Josh Allen. I don't know why Stafford's in there currently because this is current top five quarterbacks. Yeah, I, I put Josh at two, but I'm biased. But if you look at clutch numbers, numbers for fourth quarter comebacks, game-winning drives, Josh is always up there, always up there. Top five toughest quarterbacks to sack per Nadamik and Sue, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Taylor Heineke, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Fields. That's just to him, so I can't really say anything about that. I can't really say anything about that one. Who would you rather have, Matt Ryan or Michael Vick as a Falcons fan? Someone said the one with the Hall of Fame resume, Matt Ryan. Well, Matt Ryan doesn't have a Hall of Fame resume, so you should have have let off with that. Do I have anything else that I want to talk about before we get into the draft? No, I do not. No, I do not. This is a way longer show than I was expecting. But I never, I always make sure to, I never want to go with, we can never go with, um, saying that, hey, this is going to be a short show. And we're going to plan on this being a short show. Because it's never going to be a short show. It's never going to be. But, with that being said, here is the insanely early 2024 NFL Draft Quarterback Prospect Rankings brought to you by me, Logan Blackman, host of the Logan Blackman Show, the draft quote-unquote expert. We're not going to spend too much time on the top two. It's Caleb Williams and Drake May. It's Caleb Williams and Drake May. Caleb Williams is an electric factory. I could see, so... With okay, we'll talk about these two. I feel like we need to because they're the top two guys, and I don't feel like I feel like I'd be doing a disservice to them if we didn't talk about them. But Caleb Williams is an electric factory. Whether you think that's a good thing or a bad thing, the dude is much see must see football. In regards to throwing on the run, he might be the best quarterback in this draft class, and he plays for you. I'm really excited about this with Caleb Williams because I I really want. I brought this up a few weeks ago about I'm fine with USC being good again. I'm fine with USC being good again. It's not like Texas, Notre Dame, Nebraska. Like, those schools are annoying as hell. Nobody likes them, unless you're a fan of them. I don't really have an issue with USC. I don't really have an issue with USC. But people who compared Caleb Williams to Patrick Mahomes, I don't think that's fair. I don't think it's ever fair to compare positions, especially quarterbacks, to people that high-rated. Like Patrick Mahomes, who could go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks. It's already could go down as the greatest quarterback of all time. One of the one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Won two Super Bowls and two MVPs in five years. That's impressive. And we're comparing Caleb Williams to that, who I think definitely has the potential to do that. And they have Patrick Mahomes' old coach as his OC in Cliff Kingsbury, who which was gonna be his job before he took the Cardinals' job, or after he took the card. No, yeah, it was before because he was gonna he was already signed on. And the Cardinals like, hey, you want to come be our uh, head coach? You were gonna be an office coordinator in college. Man, but there's some runs he made last year. I think it was against Utah in the Pac-12 championship game. Just a spin move, gone. They ended up getting blown out of the game, but there's so many things Caleb Williams does that's just so much fun. And I under The thing that I look at and go, people might not like that, is when he paints, like, he put F Utah on his nails or something. Is that cringy? Yeah. 
But I think it's kind of funny at the same time. But it is cringy. It definitely puts an unnecessary target on your back. But it's one of those things where, hey, come for the king, you best not miss. And guess what? Utah didn't miss when they came for the king last year. Because Caleb Williams won the Heisman, rightfully so. I know there are some people in the state of Iowa that wanted Max Duggan to win it because of his performance in the Big 12 championship game. And, you know what, you're, you're – it's valid. You could say that, but Caleb Williams was so awesome for the entire year. I mean, 42 touchdowns, 10 rushing touchdowns, only five interceptions, 4,500 yards. Yeah. Unless something crazy happens, again, like getting hurt, he'll be the number one overall pick in the draft. Uh, Drake Mays, number two, uh, for mobility. And what he, So, with Caleb Williams versus Drake May, Drake May is asked to do more than Caleb Williams. He'll be asked to do more this year, too, because of the fact he plays for North Carolina. And I think that will definitely help him in the draft strat, draft rooms and stuff like that. Because, like, we talked about this with C.J. Stroud. And it's not that this is a negative thing because he can't control it. But you have a quarterback that's working with nothing. Now, Josh Downs was very good. Josh Downs is very good. But we're talking about this year. We've seen quarterbacks lose key weapons and struggle the next year. Sam Howell did that in regards to his throwing stuff. He improved vastly as a runner at North Carolina. But in regards to the passing numbers... Went down immensely. And I know Caleb Williams lost likes of Drake May or um, uh, Jordan Addison. But the difference between Caleb Williams losing Jordan Addison and Caleb, uh, Drake May losing Josh Downs is that Drake May, again, plays for North Carolina. It's so much harder to recruit top skill positions like that at North Carolina than it is USC. I don't expect them to drop off in anything because I think Drake May is better than Sam Howell was. But it's going to hurt not having a guy like Josh Downs. But he is asked to do more. Because of the lack of people around him. And the fact he plays for North Carolina. So that will help. Because people are like, man, you get drafted by a bad team. You're not going to have any weapons around you. How are you going to perform under How are you going to f- perform under stress? Because that's something people talk about. Like you see some people bring it up with Joe, when Joe Burrow got drafted. Some people brought it up stupidly. People brought it up with CJ Stroud this year. So you have a quarterback that plays for North Carolina. That's why Trubisky got drafted second overall. Because he's not playing with anybody. Sean Watson at Clemson, everything gets handed to you at Clemson. You got elite players on elite players coming with you. But Trubisky plays North Carolina. Harder to win at North Carolina. J- Daniel Jones gets drafted sixth overall above Dwayne Haskins, who drafted 15th overall, broke all Big Ten passing records for freshmen. Daniel Jones plays at Duke. It's harder to win at Duke than it is Ohio State. That helps, regardless if you think it should help or not. In draft rooms, that seems to be a common theme. Now, Drake May is bigger than Caleb Williams, he's got about three inches. Got about, I don't know, 5, 10 pounds, 15 pounds on him. And he put up more rushing numbers than Caleb Williams did last year. But when you watch them play, Caleb Williams is so much more electric than Drake May. But Drake May has broken off some massive runs as well. Drake May had almost 700 yards rushing last year with seven touchdowns. Well, he put up 45 total touchdowns last year. Like, these dudes put up a lot of touchdowns last season. The thing with Drake May is, as the season went on, the last couple of games of the year against Clemson, uh, not against, yeah, against Clemson in the championship game and against Oregon in the bowl game. He did not have the greatest games. Against Clemson, they were really bad. And North Carolina, another thing with North Carolina that's going to make them struggle, their defense stinks. Their defense is awful. Their team is so highly predicated on offense that a lot more, again, just more and more stuff gets piled on Drake May. There's a lot less talent. Defense stinks. Now, you are at a weaker conference in the ACC. I guess that's arguable. I guess it's arguable. But the Pac-12 is getting good again. Some good quarterbacks in the Pac-12. Some good quarterbacks in the Pac-12, but I think Drake May and Caleb Williams are definitely number one and two. You could put 1A, 1B if you want to. I wouldn't be too upset if you put Drake May number one. I wouldn't be upset by that, but 
based off what we saw last year, it's hard not to say Caleb Williams is number one. Heisman Trophy winner, all that stuff. Number three, forget what I just said in regards to based on what we saw last year. Number three is Quinn Ewers from Texas. Now, this one is a giant-ass shot in the dark, and it's eerily similar to what Quinn Ewers did at Ohio State to C.J. Stroud. That, that, this is a similar-ish situation. So C.J. Stroud, first year starting at Ohio State, redshirt freshman, replaces Dwayne Haskins. No, ju- replaces Justin Fields, sorry. Replaces Justin Fields. C.J. Stroud comes in. Highly rated recruit comes in that summer. Like, that spring. Comes in early. It's going to try and battle for the starting job. Everybody's hype. Quinn Ewers, the highest rated high school quarterback of all time. C.J. Stroud wins the job, keeps the job, struggles early because they got this highly re- touted recruit behind him. And C.J. Stroud keeps the job, balls out, two-time Heisman finalist, number two overall pick, all that stuff. This time, so Quinn Ewers doesn't get the job at Ohio State. Stroud's going to be the starter, so he transfers down to Texas, who have Casey Thompson, who just transferred again to Florida Atlantic, we brought up the other day, and Hudson Card, who transferred to Purdue this offseason. Like, quarterback wasn't the biggest area of concern for Texas, but if you're getting a quarterback like Quinn Ewers, who's an in-state guy, that's huge. That's freaking massive. So he's obviously going to get a lot of fanfare. But last year, we didn't really see a lot from Quinn Ewers in his first year as a full-time starter. Like, we saw blips of how good Quinn Ewers could be against Alabama. Played really good against Alabama until he got hurt. They ended up losing the game by one. Would they have won if Quinn Ewers stayed the entire game? Probably. Probably. Because though I just said there's not a massive need at quarterback with Hudson Card and Casey Thompson there, Quinn Ewers is better than both of them. Like, it wasn't like, oh, this is a massive glaring need. It's not like Iowa Spencer Petras where they just needed anybody. No, like, Hudson Card can hold his own. He held his own against Alabama for the most part. Casey Thompson beat Iowa, so like they weren't terrible. They're not great quarterbacks. I mean, Jeff Sims is tra- or Casey Casey Thompson's transferred again with Jeff Sims coming in. But we saw that come in with him playing well against Alabama. It hurts his shoulder in the next few games. Wait, no, he comes back against Oklahoma, has an amazing game against Oklahoma. Absolutely routes rips apart Oklahoma forty nine nothing, and then we get a stretch of four games where it's just not very good. We had one game. It was against Kansas State where he completed less than 40% of his passes. And I know I've talked about on the show that completion percentage isn't everything. It's a good number for uh, if the pass was caught. It doesn't show you how accurate the thing is. But less than 40% is an insane number. 38.8% is insane. They ended up losing the game. It was a close game. But that game, after following the Oklahoma game, that's not how you really want to, you know, it's not really how you want to do it. Had a decent game against Iowa State as well. But then you have Kansas State didn't play great. TCU didn't play great. Kansas didn't play great. Only broke 300-yard barrier once, and that came in the Oklahoma State game because he threw the ball 100 times. He <laughs> played 38.8% of his passes. And the other thing is that's important to note, three of those games were on the road. Three of those four games we mentioned were on the road. And three of those games were against top-ranked teams. Like Oklahoma State was a good team. Kansas State was a good team. TCU was a good team. TCU and Kansas State played each other in the Big 12 championship game. Kansas was a decent team last year. They have a good quarterback in their own right, Jalen Daniels. But after those games where he struggled, we see him come back. He has a good game against Baylor, last game of the regular season. Puts forth a really good game, throws a career high in passing yards against Washington in the Alamo Bowl. In a losing effort, but still put forth a very solid performance. And this year, there's going to be a lot riding on. B. John Robinson's gone. Roshan Johnson's gone. So the running game's not going to be there as it was last year because you're not – 
I don't I don't know who their running back is going into the season. I apologize for that, but I have a hard time believing they're going to have the same immediate impact as a Bijan Robinson did. I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong. But that, that with the running game gone, essentially, it's still going to be there, but not to that extent. There's going to be so much more pressure on Quinn Ewers. Not only that, this is the comparison with the Stroud situation. Who's behind Quinn Ewers? Arch Manning. So you got another highly rated recruit, but the, unlike unlike Quinn Ewers, Arch Manning's got the Manning name. That's Peyton Manning, Eli Manning's nephew. Like that's two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, nephew sitting right behind you, who open who enrolled early, played in the spring game, and Quinn Ewers, based off the spring game, should be the starter going in. But there's going to be pressure on him, and like C.J. Stroud in those early games he played against Minnesota, played against Oregon. Played better as the games went on, but at the start of the games didn't play very well. Ended up losing to Oregon, a bad Oregon team that was vastly overrated as the season went on. Got hurt, or sat out the next game. No, played Tulsa, sat out the next game. And then balled out the rest of the season. Began, again, ended up being a Heisman finalist. That pressure of having those quarterbacks behind you, again, builds diamonds. Talk about the Anthony Richardson, talk about the Josh. Like, that will help him. Like, it could, I mean, I should say this. It could help him. It could also absolutely destroy him. He could not be ready for the pressure. But if you're that highly rated recruit playing for your in-state team, you would expect him to be used to that pressure by now. He cut the mullet, so that's gone. I don't know if that's going to be like Samson and superpowers are going to be gone or something, but Quinn Ewers, I'm expecting a lot. Him and Xavier Worthy, the wide receiver, I'm expecting really big things from this. The second year under Sark's offense, in Sark's offense, I only expect big things. They're going to Alabama this year. And this is a year... Alabama is not going to be as Alabama-y as they've been in the years past. They don't have a Bryce Young at quarterback. Jalen Miller or Tyler Butchner could be good. They don't have a Willie Anderson on deep. Kool-Aid McKinstry at corner is going to be good. He's going to be one of the top players next year's draft. You got Dallas, the defensive end, who's going to be fine. Good edge rusher. But this isn't the same Alabama team. I know we've taught, like, it's Alabama. They're going to have five stars and five stars. But if you're going to beat Alabama in Alabama... This is the year to do it. And this could be a big stamp of approval for Quinn Ewers. But if he's not ready for the pressure, then Arch might take his spot, and then we're not even talking about Quinn Ewers come April. Might not even, might not even be talking about Quinn Ewers come December. Who the hell knows? But I'm banking on his potential. Got a lot of potential. Got really good timing. Got good arm strength. Very good off-balance throws. It was a very good deep ball, which is important in Steve Sarkeesian's offense. So I'm banking on Quinn Ewers skill level rising above everybody. This is massive risk because Quinn Ewers didn't put up great numbers last year. Six, 15 touchdowns, 6 interceptions last year. He's not the most mobile guy out there compared to the likes of Drake May and Caleb Williams. But we'll see. Next on this list, we got Michael Penix from Washington. I like Michael Penix. And I was struggling fl- flipping him and uh, Bo Nix around who's at number 5. I like what these guys did last year. I really like what these guys did last year. The thing with Penix is that he's got some injury history. He's got some injury history. But like Quinn Ewers, he's got an elite wide receiver in Roma Dunze. It's going to be fun. It's going to be very fun. Very accurate quarterback. We talked about it a little bit like last week where people were comparing him to Tua, which apart from being left-handed, I don't really think they're, <laughs> I don't really think they're that similar. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But Penix, very accurate thrower of the football. Put up a lot of – I think he led the nation in yards last year. Very consistent thrower of the football last year. Beat Oregon at Oregon. Never really had an off game last year. Beat Quinn Ewers in the Alamo Bowl, as we talked about a little bit ago. Good quarterback. 
good quarterback. The only problem is that he's left-handed. Makes everything a little bit awkward. Bo Nix at number five. I understand why people don't like Bo Nix. I completely understand it. Because of the fact he played at Auburn and people saw it at Auburn. Like, my friend Ryan, we've brought up on the show before. Ryan, a big Arkansas fan, has constantly been on Bo Nix, the most overrated quarterback in college football. When he was at Auburn, I don't really have anything to say against that. It's hard not to disprove. It's hard to disprove that. He wasn't very good at Auburn. Given the hype that was surrounded, given that he was Auburn's chosen savior, like he went to the Cam Newton National Championship game against Oregon. Like this is this is him. He is Auburn through and through. He's gonna lead Auburn back to great things and just never really did. And this past year at Oregon, put up just scored touchdowns for fun. Like, we've got the throwing touchdowns, we got the rushing touchdowns. He has a couple receiving touchdowns too. He had 29 passing touchdowns, 14 rushing touchdowns. And the thing with Bo Nix, his arm is very solid. He's got a very good deep ball. Very good deep ball. And we saw him run, as we just talked about. Didn't carry the ball in exuberant amount of times. So like you look at Quinn, uh, Drake May, 184 carries last year. Bo Nix only had 89. And still put up 510 rushing yards and 14 touchdowns. I like Bo Nix. I'm, I'm excited to see what him and Trey Franklin do next year. Because again, these guys all got good receivers around him. So I have a hard time thinking these guys are going to completely fall off the face of the earth. Completely fall off the face. Like, from what we saw last year, Penix and Knicks played very well. And I could rotate those two around and be perfectly content with that. Because Knicks, I think, was at number six in our last rankings, and Penix was, I think, at eight. So I'd be perfectly fine rotating these back around. But we'll see. We'll see. I like both of them. I like both of them. Both transfers. Speaking of transfers, from another Big Ten school like Michael Penix, number six, Joe Milton. Shot in the dark. Complete shot in the dark. I'm banking on traits. I'm banking on traits here because Joe Milton has got everything you're looking for in regards to size, athleticism, and gosh darn it, arm strength. Like, you remember when he was at the, the Tennessee basketball game? It was game day down there. They were playing Texas, and he just they were doing half-court shots, and he just threw the ball in the stands. That is a similar thing to what Anthony Richardson and Will Levis did at their pro days in regards to just trying to hit the ceiling. Does it do anything? No. It does absolutely nothing. Everybody knows you have a really strong arm. Throwing a football against the ceiling, throwing a basketball into the crowd does not prove anything. So we already already we already knew that. And in this offense, with Josh Huppel, with how good they were last year, now granted, he doesn't have Jalen Hyatt. He doesn't have Cedric Tillman. Big losses. Darnell Wright's not there anymore at right tackle. Big losses. But with this offense... Joe Milton could be very, very good. The problem is he's 23. The other problem is he's, this would be his sixth year in college football. Sixth. And speaking of the number six, he's never played more than six games in a season in college. Sixth season, he's never played more than six games in a season. He came into Tennessee, Josh Hubble's first year. So him and Hendon Hooker came in together. Hendon Hooker transferred from Virginia Tech. Joe Milton transferred from Michigan. And Milton was the starter. But when Milton was there, the throwing game didn't really correlate with Joe Milton. He struggled with it his first year at Tennessee in those first two games. Led them in rushing against Pittsburgh, but got hurt, and then Hendon Hooker came in, and the offense started picking up a little bit. Hendon Hooker balled out, and then he was the starter going into this year, and Hendon Hooker should have been a Heisman finalist had he not gotten hurt. Could have been a lot higher draft pick had he not gotten hurt. If we're talking about from a physical trait standpoint, there's no reason to think that Malik Joe Milton could not be better than what Hooker was. Because I said Hooker throws the best deep ball in college football or one of the best deep balls in college football last year. Joe Milton has the strongest arm in college football. Joe Milton might be faster than Hendon Hooker. It's close, 
it's close. He's bigger than Hendon Hooker. I've already seen things comparing him to Anthony Richardson, which is kind of crazy to think about because Anthony Richardson's three years younger than Joe Milton. Joe Milton's going to be 24 in March. Anthony Richardson's 21 in like three days or two days or something. But that, you know, what do you want to call it? Um, mold is there for Anthony Richardson. And Milton fits that. Plays in the SEC. He's in a very quarterback-friendly system, fast-paced system. Now, the same thing that hurt Hendon Hooker is going to hurt Milton in regards to the system is not something that's going to be run in the NFL. It's just not. They're so fast-paced. Tennessee runs the fastest offense I've seen in a very, very long time. That could hurt him, especially the fact that he's going to be 24 before the draft rolls around. Now, in that same breath, Will Levis was a little bit older as well. Will Levis is 23 right now. Will Levis turns 24 before the season starts. So before next, before the 2024 NFL season starts, Milton will be the same age as Levis is going into this season. They're the same age right now, currently, but Levis again. So before the next season starts, after they get drafted, they'll be 24, if that makes sense. Around the same age. Both born in 1999. Or no, 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 no. Joe Milton was born in uh, 90, or 2000, sorry. Which is weird. That's as old as my sister. That's weird. That's weird for me to think about. Milton's been in the in college football for a long time. But that, again, that, that system they run at Tennessee, the age thing, the fact he's only played, he's already played six years and only he's played six games. Or he's played more than six games, but six games a year. But his last game, the only game we've really seen him play really well was that Orange Bowl against Clemson. Dominate. was Orange Bowl MVP in that game. So we're building off potential in that. I think this dude could be really good. Number seven, J.J. McCarthy from Michigan. I rotated him and Jordan Travis around from Florida State. But J.J. McCarthy's only 20. I think that's key here. And it's very key. The thing is with J.J. McCarthy that I think could slightly hurt him inadvertently is that he plays in a very run-first offense. Michigan will run the ball. That is what their bread and butter is. You brought back Blake Corum. You got Edwards there, too. You got a really good offensive line. And until the Ohio State game, the way you beat Michigan, or that we thought, that teams thought, was that you make J.J. McCarthy throw the football. That's what teams were thinking to do. Ohio State made that error and got absolutely lit up for it. They said, oh, Blake Corum's out. They've only got Edwards. Let's make McCarthy throw the football. And McCarthy absolutely lit them up in that game. Now, I think McCarthy's got a lot to work on in regards to the passing game, but from an athletic standpoint, from a size standpoint, he's got the arm. And just a matter if he can be consistent with that, because a lot of the numbers that he has were based off the last few games of the season, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, so you look at the last few games of the season, in the past, in the last three games against TCU, Purdue, and Ohio State, so we got at Ohio State, Big Ten Championship game against Purdue, and then the Fiesta Bowl against TCU. In those games, he threw eight touchdowns. In those games. He threw 22 on the season. He threw eight touchdowns the last three games. So there's some consistencies that need to be worked on there. And before the Ohio State, and even at the Ohio State game, he completed 50% of his passes. The last few games of the year before he played Purdue, he completed less than 50% of his passes. Two of the last four games of the season, he completed less than 50% of his passes. Because, again, he didn't need to really throw the football. Like You look at some of these games, he only threw 17 passes against Nebraska. Like sometimes he didn't really need to throw the football. He only threw more than 30 passes three times. Like sometimes he just doesn't need to do it, which is fine. 
But I think that can inadvertently help. I guess it can help and hurt him. I mean, you have two, like, Donovan Edwards was eight, was, I'm looking at it right now, was nine yards away from a thousand yards. And he ran for over 200 yards against Ohio State, too. <laughs> so, like, they, they need, they, they didn't need J.D. McCarthy to throw the football to win. But, hell, it certainly helped having that extra, extra step ended up beating Ohio State 45-23. But I want to see a little bit more consistency from McCarthy because that, a lot of those touchdowns, a lot of those yards came in the last three games. So I need to see a little bit more. Now, he only threw five interceptions, and in that same breath, three of those came in the last three games of the year. So we'll need to see. I just need to see a little bit more consistency. He could definitely be higher than this. Definitely be higher than this. Uh, number eight, we already brought up Jordan Travis. Similar situation to that of Joe Milton in regards to he's been in college football for freaking ever. Like, I think this is also his sixth year of college football. Going on his sixth year. Yeah, yeah, this will be his sixth year of college football. The difference is, though, big difference, is that we've seen him play. We've seen him play. Now, we've seen him play, and I say that sounds bad. Jordan Travis played really well. Jordan Travis played really good at Florida State. Like, he's developed more as a passer, because when he was first at Florida State, he was seen as a running quarterback. That was the first thing he was used for. Like, you look at his numbers at Florida State. His first year at Florida State averaged 5.8 yards per carry. Or second, first year as a full-time starter, I should say. First year as a full-time starter. 559 yards rushing, and he had only 1,000 yards passing that year. Six touchdowns, six interceptions. Next year, we saw a little bit more improvements in the passing game. More rushes, less yards per attempt, but more rushes. But saw him a little bit better in the pass game. And then last year, we saw him have his best year as a Seminole as a quarterback. Like, natural quarterback. He had the least number of rush attempts since he became a full-time starter. Only had 82 rush attempts, which I say only, but... Comparatively to 134 the season prior, going down to 82, that's a pretty big difference. Average more yards per attempt. Still managed to get seven touchdowns rushing the ball. Like, he's got the stool, like got the tools you look for. He's got an arm, very good arm as well. Least powerful arm. The issue is, is that he's a little smaller. He's the smallest quarterback of all the quarterbacks we've mentioned already. 6'1", barely over 200 pounds. And he's 23 years old. Similar to that of Joe Milton. And I again, I really like Jordan Travis. I'm intrigued to see what he does going into the season, but, and he'll be 24 after the draft. He turns 24 on May 2nd. But we'll see. Jordan Travis, they're going to be fun. Florida State's going to be a very fun team. Very, very fun team. I'm excited to see what they do. But we're going to have them at eight. Again, the the top eight, I think, in regards to who they are, I'm pretty dead set on. It's the last two that I'm struggled with. I've struggled with. Because there's a few in there that I really like. Like we talked about on the other day. We got Shadur Sanders, insanely polarizing prospect insanely polarizing like the Colorado could be a very solid team this year they could also be very bad again this is a team that won one game last year I think a culture shift was needed I think a culture shift will definitely help but we'll need to see about that we'll see what kind of weapons they have around Shadur Sanders who stayed who they brought in all that stuff see how Travis Hunter does this year I think Tyler Van Dyke given Miami just got two big name recruits or big name transfers coming in so they got Tyler Harrell and they just got another receiver like yesterday or two days ago, 6'7 receiver. I don't remember where he came from, but Michigan State guy, I think? I can't really remember. But Miami's offense, similarly to that of what we talked about with the Broncos, Miami cannot be much worse than what they were last year. Like, what they were expected to be versus what they were were completely different things. Like Tyler Van Dyke, before the season started, Mario Cristobal was talking about he's the best quarterback in college football. Midway through the season, we're starting, what was his name? Freaking Garcia. Tyler Van Dyke's starting quarterback against Middle Tennessee State when they get blown out, gets hurt in that game. He didn't cover himself in glory last year. I think as regards to skill set, Tyler Van Dyke could definitely, definitely 
being considered a top quarterback next year's draft. We got Cameron Ward from Washington State. We got Michael Pratt from Tulane. Spencer Rattler. Got him there as well. But the last two quarterbacks I got on here, I toyed, and it might change by the time this podcast, this this uh blog post gets posted. But at eight at nine and eight, I got Jane Daniels from LSU and KJ Jefferson from Arkansas. And like we talked about with JJ McCarthy, I'm gonna start with Jefferson first, who's at 10. Like McCarthy, I think this hurts Jefferson more than it does with McCarthy because Jefferson's a lot bigger. Maybe the same height. They're about they're both 6'3, but JJ KJ Jefferson is like 240, 45 pounds. JJ McCarthy, not even 200. So and we don't even know if he's close to 200. That's just what he's listed at, 196. It could be way smaller than that. Jefferson is a monster human. With Arkansas, with Sam Pittman, with the running backs that they have, like they're also a very run-heavy team. And a lot of that, like Michigan has got McCar- uh, Corum and they got Edwards. Raheem Sanders is a big part of Arkansas's offense, but K.J. Jefferson's huge in the run game as well. K.J. Jefferson is a battering ram running the football, and K.J. Jefferson's got an absolute hose for an arm, but they don't show it off ever. I think K.J. Jefferson's draft stock will raise in the offseason rather than what he does in the season. I think that's where he'll start to raise a little bit because K.J. Jefferson's not old either. K.J. Jefferson's not one of those older quarterbacks that we've talked about a little bit ago. K.J. Jefferson, I think, is 21 right now. Yeah, he's 21 and turns 22 in May of next year. So the time he gets drafted – or no, 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 what am I talking about? He'll turn, he turns he turns 22 in on Saturday. So happy birthday, K.J. Jefferson. Happy birthday, my guy. <laughs> but he's – he could I I think he'll be one of those guys that raises post college football season. Battled some injuries last year, which is not helping anything. Runs the ball really well, very powerful runner. Has good numbers in the passing game. The run game definitely opens up some things in the pass game. They do a lot of like fake draw, throw over top type plays. But I don't know. I don't we made the comparison with him and Joe Milton like a couple days ago or last week. I can't remember when exactly it was. Because they're similar size, similar ish skill sets. But one, you'll see it all week, every single week of the year in Joe Milton in regards to the offense they run, and you won't see that with Jefferson. Jefferson's the main cog in the offense, but that offense is mainly focused on the run. In regards to Jane Daniels, it's a similar-ish situation to that of, uh, what's his nuts? <laughs> Quinn, Quinn Ewers. Because if you saw the, the SEC championship game last year when Jane Daniels got hurt, I don't remember, what what is his backup's name? I can't remember what his name is, but he came in, and freaking Garrett Neuheiser. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Jane Daniels was playing really well against a Georgia defense that is very good, obviously. Won another national championship. 208 yards, passing touchdown. Got an interception, then it hurt his ankle. Already was coming in with a hurt ankle. But then Grant Nussmeyer, sorry, Garrett Nussmeyer, came in 294 yards, two touchdowns. Played very, very well. So, there's going to be that dog on his heels the entire year much like Ewers, and even Joe Milton to a certain extent, they got a highly rated recruit behind Milton. So there's going to be that dog right behind him nipping at his ankles. But Jane Daniels improved so much as a pass because I think the the problem was Arizona State. And we really liked him at Arizona State. We talked about him a lot on the show while he was at Arizona State. The problem with, with him at Arizona State is that he was looking to run first. He dropped back to pass, hitch, go. He was barely looking to throw the football first. That's a problem. And when he was looking to throw, he held the ball way too long. Because he's trying to find run lanes. He wasn't really looking to throw the ball, which is a big problem. But this past year at LSU, he developed a lot more as a passer, which I think is big. I think it's very big. His development as a passer 
under Brian Kelly, I was completely forgetting about his name, was big. And I think him with Malik Neighbors going into this season will be very big. And we'll see how Nussmeyer does his back, and we'll see how short the leash is for Daniels. I think Daniels is an insanely talented quarterback, so we'll just see how long he keeps the job if he gets hurt, and Nussmeyer just keeps the job. But if I was going with, like, outside of the top 10, I, I there's part of me that really wants to put Van Dyke in the top 10. There's really part of me that wants to do that because I think Van Dyke is insanely talented. Insanely talented. And he's got the weapons this year to actually help him. Shadur Sanders, I'd like to throw him in the top 10. I'd love to throw Michael Pratt in there. We know how well Tulane quarterbacks have developed in the NFL. we got J.P. Lawson, the greatest quarterback of all time from Tulane. So I'd love to see him in there. Cameron Ward, you know how much I love Jalen, uh, geez, Cameron Ward, Spencer Rattler, insanely talented quarterback. Just a headache to deal with. Kyle McCord. Kyle McCord should put up really good numbers at Ohio State. He's got Marvin Harrison Jr. and Mecca Buka. We talked about that before. Should put up monster numbers this year. Anybody should. Any any quarterback worth their snuff should be able to put up good numbers at Ohio State this year. So we'll see. But that's my top 10. Again, it's subject to change. I The top... So I've, I've toyed with McCarthy being higher. I toyed with Milton being higher. Because I think from skill set-wise, they could definitely be higher. But I think that's unfair given what we saw last year from Penix, from Bo Nix. I think there's a chance Milton goes in the first round, definitely, given his skill set. I think there's a chance AJ McCarthy goes in the first round. It just depends on how much he develops as a passer going into this season. And he's younger, which is key there too. But my top 10 as it currently stands, again, this is subject to change before this episode drops, maybe even after, uh, Caleb Williams 1, Drake May 2, Quinn Ewers 3, Michael Penix 4, Bonex 5, Joe Milton 6, J.J. McCarthy 7, Jordan Travis 8, Jaden Daniels 9, and K.J. Jefferson 10. Honorable mentions again to Tyler Van Dyke, to Cameron Ward, to Shadur Sanders, to Michael Pratt, to... <laughs> I'm trying to think of the other ones that I've mentioned. I think those are the main honorable mentions. To Spencer Rattler, to Cade McNamara, obviously. <laughs> But that's my top 10. I've toyed with the idea of J.J. McCarthy being four. I've toyed with the idea of Joe Milton being four. I think potential-wise, Joe Milton and J.J. McCarthy have, may have higher ceilings than Penix and Bo Nix. But right now, it's kind of hard not to say, given Bo Nix had like 100 touchdowns last year, and Penix led the nation in passing yards, it's kind of hard to go, yeah, they're better than them at this point in time when, but when Joe Milton hasn't played more than six games in his career. And J.J. McCarthy's passing game has been very up and down. So we'll see. If they go the way I think they'll go, I think those two will definitely be in the top four. Or top five. Top five. But we'll see. We'll see. I, Quinn Ewers, big shot in the dark on that one. I hope he develops well. He's got the potential to. He's got the weapons to. Yeah. So that's all I've got for you today. I hope you enjoyed it above two hours. Damn near two half an hour show. Didn't plan on that at all. But we always love a good non-planned Logan Blackman show episode. So with that being said, I will see you all later. I hope you enjoy your weekend. I hope you enjoyed this show. Because it's a long episode. So I really hope you enjoyed it. If not, I sincerely apologize. We'll probably be better next time. And I will catch you all later. Check out the blog post on the LoganBlattmanShow.com as well as all different forms of social media. Peace.